Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here for episode 241, the season premiere here on Monday, October the 4th, 2021. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always. I'm Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. May October the 4th be with you? Oh, right. It's that. Yeah, it is that. October the 4th be with you. Yes, of course. Guys, thanks so much for being back with us here. We were on break last week. We went to the wild kingdom of Omaha. It was was the wildest. It was so wild. So Omaha. Nebraska is just a wild state, man. That that is where they do (laughs) safaris, I heard. Oh, yeah. Lots of safaris there. But if you haven't checked that one out, it is available on this feed. Uh, We reviewed the Saturday night's main event from July of 90. But, Quinn, this week we are back to kick off a new season. Yes. And we all know what that means. We got a new opening segment, the new Royal Rankings. We will be reviewing something. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you guys... To follow us on Twitter, at OVP Podcast, you're going to get daily posts, sometimes gifts, pictures, an occasional clip, things like that. But don't count on the clips. Don't nah, try to, like, don't. It, not going to be every day. Uh, and you can do that, of course, on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. You can also email the show if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you, me, and over 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at Facebook.com slash The Fourth. Yes, it's, of course. It's a site all about the fourth of every month. Okay, now how do you get there? Uh, you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tube, score, kafoi. Then hit the join button, and then you're in. That's it? Yeah. You and just have to agree to some rules and oh. regulations. Oh, yeah, there's that one rule. Now, the rule to join the group, folks, that you say, I agree is don't be what, Quinn? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that is we understand that people have differing opinions on retro wrestling, and that's really okay. All we ask is that you just aren't mean to each other. You can disagree all you want. Just be nice to each other. Don't, that's do, don't do those things and be nice. Yeah, just be nice, okay? And you can do that on Facebook. And if you want extra content, and maybe you do, you can get that at Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. Out right now, Quinn. Royal Rumble 94... I know one thing about you. You were happy that this wasn't 93 anymore. I am, I'm done with that year. I don't want to see anything else from it again, which means now all the requests are going to be flooded yeah. with 1993 reviews. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah. But yeah, The Undertaker, he, he went somewhere. I don't know, yeah. the ceiling or something like and that. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. You, you got, you, we'll find out with you if you yep. join us on this Patreon That's thing. right. It's over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Every WWF pay-per-view review from the first WrestleMania to Royal Rumble 94 is out right now. And that's if you want to donate. All right, Quinn, it is a new season, like we mentioned. Mm -hmm. That means there's a new opener. And you know what? This was your idea. Yes. This was Michael Quinn's idea. I thought this up. We're very proud of you, Quinn. This is a very well-thought-out segment that you all enjoy a lot. We think so. So I'll explain it. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, so we're talking about, folks, either wrestlers, maybe match types, concepts, things in wrestling from the 80s, from the 90s, even now, that... We're very successful, maybe in other promotions or other territories, mm-hmm. but when the wrestler or the concept was tried in the WWF, the New York Territory, 
It wasn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. It Nobody liked happened. it. Yeah. Or they, they didn't really the try to do it right. Yep. For reasons. For various reasons. So this is a new segment called Anywhere But New York. I'm in a New York state of mind. Stupid. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> anywhere but New York, Quinn, we're talking about wrestlers. We're talking about things that were very good elsewhere that yes. we like, too, but that just didn't work for whatever reason in the WWF. And Quinn, this was your segment, and this is also your pick. Who are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, Tony Anthony or, you know, that plumber guy, T.L. <laughs> Hopper. You might know him as in, in the New York state of mind. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes if you got to get a little mean and you got to get a little nasty, you know, you got to peel everything off. And then you got to get real wild. And then if you got to go down and you got to pull somebody's out. So Tony Anthony, dirty white boy, some people may know him as and have a fondness for. Quinn and I, despite our reputation as, you know, we're the northerners up here. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. We love Tony Anthony. He's great. He's it, fucking awesome. The dirty white boy, as yeah. he's known everywhere else yeah. but WWF. <laughs> right. And um, we're not here to do a whole career retrospective on him, by the way. Mm -hmm. Just a quick rundown, though. He debuted in 1980. He was born in 1960, so he debuted young. Right. 20 years old. And he actually was in the AWA for a little bit. He won their Southern Tag Team title. Yes. That's like a sub title. <laughs> it's very, very sub. <laughs> That's super sub. And then he um, went on to the NWA. He was in Mid-Atlantic. He then went to Southeast Championship Wrestling, which became one of our favorites, Continental Championship Wrestling. Yes. Or the Continental Wrestling Federation. Lo a lovely little federation where... You know, Vince likes to say anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Anything can really happen in Continental. It's insane Con over there. Continental, like that Eddie Gilbert era and stuff like that with Gordon solely on commentary. Where he's like, I don't know. He seems like, to be in charge of everything, but he technically isn't. But everyone kind of kowtows to him. Yeah, it's just kind of like if Gordon says it, okay. Well, you are suspended now or whatever that yeah. was. Remember? He just, <laughs> so he'll, you know what? The thing is, if the wrestlers don't believe him in that, in that fed, he basically... Will be like, I got the owner on the yeah. line, and he says that what I say goes or whatever. Like that's I'm gonna get Bob Geigel on the line he right now. He does it a lot yeah. too. He like has like a phone next to him almost right. all the time. It's great. Yeah, I do have Bob Geigel on the phone right now. And that's where Tony Anthony, I think, in my opinion, really came of age, so to speak. He is so good down there. He's a small guy. He's like five nine, five ten, two hundred and something pounds. But his style in the '80s, particularly, is very rough, aggressive. Mm -hmm. kind of realistic, down-to-earth wrestling style. Right. It's not fancy by any means. No. It's, it's not flashy, and maybe that's part of the reason why Vince did what he did with them, unfortunately. But he had uh, some great success in Continental. He also was in the USWA. Right. Memphis Territory for several years. We've seen him there, and he's kind of like treated like a headliner or yep. something, which is kind of funny because of the character he is. Yeah, exactly. And Southern Rockers, baby, you get ready, baby, because you're looking at the new USWA World Tag Team Champion. His whole deal is he just wants to fucking wrestle and kick people's asses, basically. Yeah, that. And he's got the dirty white girl. Yes. Like the, the opposite gender version of him. Yeah, he does have that. Which I always thought was great. I like, think it's I, a nice I touch. love the idea that this. He's got this a girlfriend. He's got a lady. smelly looking guy <laughs> has like a, a female equivalent to him. Right. And it, it, it's funny. I'm trying to get Tony reinstated. Um, I know he come out and he was mad and he asked for a loser leave town. And Guy Coffee come out and said, fine, if that's what you want, you can have it. He also then, after USWA, went to Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling for several years. Yep. 
And yep. then, again, a great place for him. These are all southern territories. Mm-hmm. This type of character, whether he's a healer face, it, people relate to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just he like, seems like every like an everyman. Yeah. Got a beard. Sometimes a good physique in the early days, and then a little later on, a little doughier. Well, like Sandman physique. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean Sandman from Punch-Out, obviously. No, no. Right? I'm talking about, you know, I know. ECW. Yes. Remember the wetsuit version? Yeah, I don't know. Why did he do that at the he beginning? Was a surfer. That was dumb. I know. But anyway, so he then winds up after Smoky Mountain closes in November of 1995. Winds up uh, in talks with the WWF, the World Federation. The World Federation. Why would of they wrestling. pick him up? You know, I don't know if it was, and and people might know this. I just don't remember off the top of my head if it was a favor or a request of Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. Could have been. I do know this is around the time that the talent they were bringing in was guys like the Bruce Brothers. They renamed the Grim Twins that time. Yep. They brought in Freddie Joe Floyd, obviously Tracy Smothers around mm-hmm. this time. A lot of Smoky Mountain folks. Oh, yeah, a lot of Smoky Mountain folks, Southern uh, wrestling people. And Tony Anthony was one of them. But because this is still mid-1996, mm-hmm. if you know anything about mid-1996 WWF, it stinks. Yeah. You listen, I like Tony Anthony. Like, I like him a lot. I do, too. But, no offense, his type of character, if the WWE was successful at the time, I don't think they would have ever even entertained <laughs> no. the idea of putting him there, especially giving him a gimmick. They wouldn't have entertained anything other than he's a jobber on Superstars. Yeah, you know what? Unfortunately, yeah. I think you're right, Quinn. Uh, not, instead, they gave him like a character and vignettes and yes. like a, a gimmick, and he's on commentary sometimes and he, shit. He became... Like, <laughs> he, what, yeah. yeah, what is that, I don't way? know. He's just... He's all over the show. That's another thing we should say. He's a good talker. Yeah. He's a good worker in the ring. Not as Teal Hopper, though. No. Wait. Hey! Hey! <laughs> So he becomes Teal Hopper, which is short for Toilet Lid. Yes, that's real. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. Toilet Lid Hopper. But, okay, I will say this. I can't help but laugh about the whole thing. Yeah, it, of course. It, it's so... Here's the thing is sometimes, you know, they're they're trying to be subtle when it's not. Yeah, right, But right. this is one of those where they're like really just... They even know it's kind of funny, <laughs> yeah, right? And they're just kind of like, let's go with it, right? It's, it's so like, dumb. Yeah, it, it is like, the more I look back at it, the more it really is, they really go for it. They don't try to like, it's like subtle, like no. toilet humor. No, it's, no, it's like, it's, it's toilet it is, humor, it is, right? let's do it. Literal like, toilet humor. Yeah, yes. And he's got a plunger uh-huh. uh, named like Miss Bessie or something like that. His music is just toilets flushing. Yeah. It, isn't that his music I used for the Royal Flush? Yeah, I'm maybe. pretty sure Yeah, I think that's his music. <laughs> and he is dressed like a plumber, like a stereotypical plumber. Yeah. He's got the butt crack, the greasy hair. Is there any backstory about how his mother decided to name him Toilet Lid Hopper? I guess his brother Dennis, you know, yeah. was born first. I see. So then it's just like, well, you know, we can't call him Dennis. Dennis Lid Hopper. Yeah, Dennis Lid Hopper. <laughs> DL Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now does he have a great physique by 96? No. No. And that's like, you could just see that with your eyes. So why don't we emphasize it by having a sloppy wife beater on (laughs) like crack pants and shit pants and he's got like a stain on a white shirt (laughs) like it's awful welcome back everyone the WWF superstar T.L. Hopper is in the ring we're taking on Aldo Montoya momentarily 
I know they have to pay him, right? So yeah. it's not like they're like he's working for free. Uh huh. But do they really expect this to get over? There's no way, right? Well, okay. Come on. I don't think they expect it to be like. I don't think they're going to be selling TL Hopper gear or anything. Well, you could sell foam plungers. Come yeah, on, man. I know. I know. Shove them up your friend's ass. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Did someone say but? But I think what they really wanted was a guy that they could um the hype up for like three weeks and then he loses to people all the time. Jobber with a gimmick. Yeah. Which, ask, which is what they did with Freddie Joe Floyd and all them. Same thing, yeah, yeah, Alex Porto. Let me ask you a question. Because a lot of people, when they want to exemplify how bad the WWF was in, in this period of time, they point to things like T.L. Hopper, rightfully so, rightfully so. And they're like, how dare they do that to Tony Anthony, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But can I ask you an honest question? Would Tony Anthony, just as Dirty White Boy... Would anyone have even given a shit in 96 WWF about him? <laughs> no pun intended, you mean? <laughs> um, no. Right? Well, okay, wait a second. He's the kind of guy, actually, Okay. that would work on WCW Saturday Night. WCW? Yes, specifically Saturday Night Cannon. <laughs> not, he's not making it to Nitro. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. And, and maybe, you know, if he did pop something on Saturday night because sometimes <laughs> pop a squat uh, you know what I mean like sometimes on Saturday night some guys would like shine or something and they would give them a shot on Nitro it's real no uh, true and then sometimes it would can them oh come on the point is is that he seems more at home over there right because that's that's the land of like creative jobbers and Tony Anthony even if he was just dirty white boy over there he would have been fine in WCW yeah he I really would have. They really missed the boat on his name, though. They could have called him John Hopper. Yeah. They, just, there was a lot of they, things. There were other things they could have I done. I hate that the toilet know? part's in there. Like, they could have kept I, the lid, but, I, like, maybe, like... They don't need to keep the lid, either. <laughs> get the lid out. They could have called him Outhouse Jack. I don't know. They could yeah. have called him a lot of different things. Plunger Hopper. just Or P Hopper. Plunger Pete. His P Hopper works. Is the P... Yeah, yeah, oh, P, oh, P Hopper. His finisher could have been called the Downstream. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway... I guess leak. It, <laughs> leak. Just leak. Leaky. Yeah. I guess his best match was against uh, Duke Drozzi, the dumpster. <laughs> they wanted that to be a few, too. They, it was they, one. And they tried. It's like the garbage man versus the plumber. Welcome back, everyone, to more WWF Superstars. We are pleased you have joined us here this week. Tim Hopper, hustling plumber, ready to lock up with Duke, the dumpster Drozzi. And you called this the home improvement match, did you, JR? That's what it is. Try to get to Tim Allen. They both have dirty jobs, but somebody's got to do it. That's, I think they said this. They probably like, you know, did. JR or someone. With Kurt Hennig? Yeah, of course, with a pencil. Like, you know what I mean. That's the kind of shit they do. So, this is a bad era for WWF. So, yeah, let's, why not bring in Tony Anthony? See, I don't know. He's small, stature wise, like mm-hmm. five. Nine, five, ten. He does look like he could kick someone's ass, though. Well, that's the thing. In the right context, he certainly does. But here, when they're going to dress him up like a plumber, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not up Vince's alley at all, this guy. The thing that I find so surprising about this guy yeah. is that he was around for quite a while because after they like got past the initial he can win some matches thing and then he always loses, Yes, they... When he started like being one of those like weird background characters. If they were like doing something in Titan Towers, or like they were fighting in the back, and I, I he feel would like there was there, incidents right? where like Teal Hopper's actually like plumbing. Like, well, there, it, like you know what I'm talking there about, is right? The, like, um, the like su- where something else yes, is happening yes. and he's back there. There's the SummerSlam '96 pre-show at yeah. the Gund Arena. Remember, it was like this 
Todd's like, we're going to be at the beach. And it's mm -hmm. really just they're in the back of the fucking arena and there's a shitty pool. This is what it's all about. We're going to have a huge bikini beach blast off. We're at the beach. It's a pool, you oh, asshole. Oh, right. I remember this. I know where this is going. Yes. And everyone's swimming around. And all of a sudden, some brown thing is floating in the toilet. Everyone's <laughs> dookie. All, a dookie. Everyone's <laughs> all disgusted except one man. One man was willing to save the pool. Yeah. And it was Teal. He's like, I'll fucking do it. Well, because it's his job. <laughs> right? He's just like, this is literally what I do. Where are you going? Oh, jeez. He's going. The no, don't touch it. The worst part is he picks it up with his hand. Yeah, well. I mean, he's used to doing dirty jobs, so <laughs> yeah. this is not really uh, an issue to him. <laughs> um, but he does, and he saves the day. And then, you know, and Sonny and Sable around. and all them can go play in the pool. And hate each other. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Now, he does have one more little WWF run that we have to mention. It's after it's Teal Hopper. He <laughs> <laughs> got the runs. <laughs> Sorry. Very, very good, Quinn. Yeah. Um, he, 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 uh, he came back in the fall of 97. What? <laughs> with the heel Godwins as... Uncle Cletus. Oh, yes. Sorry, I thought you were going to say it was Teal Hopper, but you're Imagine. right. He was different. In the company to the ring by Uncle Cletus. Now, that really sums up what Vince thinks of him, right? Yeah. Uncle Cletus. So, ha ha, hillbillies. Okay, can I, can I say something? What? For a long time, I didn't realize Uncle Cletus was him because he looks so different. He's like, he looks shorter somehow and like yeah, fatter. I, it's something like his face is different. His beard or is something. weird. Yeah, I know. He looks strange. It, it's not good. Yeah. And then they kind of just turn on Cletus or something and it's over with. Very sad. So we talked about what's good about him. I mean, in his element, in Memphis, in Continental, in Smoky Mountain, where he plays the dirty white boy, again, whether he's a face or a heel, he's just got this grit to him that is really appealing, right? Mm -hmm. He's just like, you believe in him for whatever reason. He's not like the best wrestler in the ring, but he's good in the ring. Right. Right. You like him in the ring? Oh, I do. I think he's good. He's okay. I think he's a good talker. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a fun gimmick. It's just very relatable down to earth. And then Vince, of course, brings him in as a plumber. And there was no way that was going to work. But I would also say that I don't think it would have worked as Dirty White Boy in the WWF either. Hell no. Right? None and of that, this was ever going to work in WWF. He's just not that kind of guy. I like him a lot, too. And yeah. that's, that's the real shame. Honestly, if anything was going to work, it would have been Dirty White Boy. But they would have had to change the name to, like, the rough guy or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, just not. There's, there's weird. That doesn't sound okay for, like main like national dirty white boy yeah, you're right in 96 yeah they no. could have kept the persona they all they had to do was just change the name just change the name right you know i not to the rough guy though please so let's not call him the rough guy i don't guy. know just something that's not that but right. like it's the same like he's a rough and tough dude like you know that's all rough ralph <laughs> rough ralph i don't know you think of names how about we Let have the tail hopper yeah. name generator or yeah, something like make a better name for him you know i'm also surprised he didn't rise up in WWF in like 1990 when they were bringing in people like Pez Watley and Black Bart and shit like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? He probably saw the writing on the wall that he wouldn't make it there. See, the thing is, I think half the reason he came was because wrestling in general was like dying. Yeah. And, yes. and so maybe he was like, there's, I need to make some actual money here right. and keep going. And I'll, I'll be a plumber in WWF if they're going to pay me. I, I don't, think, I don't give a shit. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's pretty much Quinn, his actual thing. It's like, I know the gimmick stunk, 
I needed the job. It was just a job. I did the job. I didn't try that much, but I did the job. Right. Exactly. And it is a dirty job. This so, was a dirty job to do. Somebody had to do it. But this is a great pick, Quinn, because this kind of exemplifies what we're going for here. Someone that we really like, mm-hmm. that was very successful, very good in their element, right? In the territory, somewhere else, but didn't work in the WWF. So, folks, we'll, we'll take suggestions, right? Yeah. No reason not to. suggestions for this one. So, first of all, let us know what you think of Tony Anthony. Was there a way that WWF could have made it work and when? Maybe not 96, maybe some other time. Let us know that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Join the group, shoot us an email. And also, if you have any suggestions for anywhere but New York, be sure to let us know those as well. Quinn, mm-hmm. when we come back, it is the first of the new Royal Rankings. That's right. This time around, it is the best WWF pay-per-views of all time. The first two are coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. That'll be coming up right after this. Hey, baby, if you're feeling down, I know what's good for you all day. Dangerous Doug Gilbert. You thank you, somebody. You call up the promotion. You wanted a shot at the Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion. Well, that was fine and dandy, tough guy. I come strolling into town, and I put this on the line. It took me a long, hard time to get it. But what did you do? This right here, it don't matter anymore. You understand what I'm saying, Doug Gilbert? You took the dirty white girl, and you piled her. Now, you can bust me in my head. You can try to rip my ass, you can try to break my leg, but I don't give a damn about none of that. But there's one thing you will not do on the face of God's green earth, and that goes for every living person walking, breathing. You do not put your hands on the dirty white girl. So, Doug Gilbert, I'm not worried. I'll put the title on the line. All I want is you in a ring to where I can get my hands on that big bucket head of yours because you ain't nothing but a crowd, baby, and I'm taking you out, so get ready, tough guy, because I'm going to beat you up. And now, back to your romp through the world of retro wrestling. O-V-P. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 241. Thanks for being with us here Monday, October the 4th, be with you, 2021. Quinn just got back from the uh, TL Hopper. Yeah. Get it? It was a big boy. Toilet. Yeah. It's funny. Toilet boy. (laughs) It's a big hat. It's funny. Anyway, guys, we are uh, going to be doing the Royal Rankings in a second here, but we wanted to mention the Patreon one more time. We're not trying to get rich here. Don't worry. We're not going to bore you with like a 10-minute plug. The reason we do Patreon, Quinn, correct me if I'm wrong, is because we want to give extra content to the people that support us. That's one reason. What's the other reason? It's fun. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. It yeah. is fun. There you go. And at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you're going to get the two extra shows that we do. The 1984 Canon comes out weekly every single Friday. It's $2 a month. It's where we are live watching every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling all the way back to January of 82. Right now, we are in March of 1984. We occasionally do some MSG shows as specials and things like that. You just watch it along with us, or you can listen in the audio-only version. It's kind of just like watching wrestling with your friends. Yeah, it's just hanging out. Hanging out. Conversations happen. Yeah, it's great. Try it. Really, try it. $2 a month. It's fine. And then also on the $5 tier, that will get you the 1984 Canon. And for $5 a month, you're also going to get every WWF pay-per-view review in order. We started with the first WrestleMania. Out right now, brand spanking new for October is Royal Rumble 94. 
Obviously, that means, Quinn, next month, the biggie, WrestleMania 10. The big end. We'll get to see what yeah. we really think of that in this modern perspective here. That's true. And if you want our thoughts on all those pay-per-views, you can get them there on Patreon. Again, $5 a month. That's the max you have to pay for any of our stuff. And if you want that, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We'd appreciate you giving it a, a try for the rest of October. Yeah, you could try it. Just try it. You yeah. can cancel if you don't like it, and that'll be it. We won't be offended. No. People do that. It's okay. We're, we like when you try it. We like <laughs> I like to play. Yeah. We like when you try it. And above all else, we're thankful that you're even listening. Yep. All right. So, Quinn, the Royal Rankings, the new one. Yeah. It's new. It, it's new. It's new. So, what, what, what are we doing this year season? This thing? year? Yeah. This year, we're doing WWF pay-per-views, the best ones and the worst ones. Ah. But what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well... Each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. Like we said, this season, it's WWF pay-per-views. That's right. And then what happens is we take all of your votes and we compile them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We pull out two names at a time, and then we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive certified, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, organic, and healthy, best and worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. When there's nothing on the board, no. the board's blank. Well, the, this is the this is the nice and easy episode. Yes. This is, we just rank one, which is better than the other. Yep. And they, it starts to get hairy, like, by week two. Oh, oh. yeah, there's hair. Yeah. There will be some hair a little oh, bit later in the season. Oh, it's going to be hairy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, when we talk about WWF pay-per-views, Quinn, they're obviously important to people because, well, several reasons. One, this is what the company, whether it's in the Big Four era or even now, mm-hmm. spends most of their time building towards and promoting. Yeah, they're also important because you have to get it on a pay-per-view basis yes, and that basis. costs money. Basis. Just get that basis. Yeah, I mean, really, these things always cost money. I, I do always feel that the more people order a pay-per-view, the more people are out there that to this day still don't want to admit they ordered a bad pay-per-view. So sometimes <laughs> those pay-per-views get a little more inflated. A little more oomph, if yeah. you will. Maybe. So what we're going to be talking about here is the best and the worst. This week is the best. And the criteria will get refined and and it will file down as we go on in the season. Mm -hmm. But I think the overall thing, Quinn, is the main event, because that's the biggest reason to watch it usually. Right. That's usually why you uh, gave them your paid money. Your view. That's why you paid paid for your view. You paid for that view. Exactly. You got to pay for that view. The main event, the undercard, will obviously come into consideration. The overall presentation... Sometimes the crowd and the the heat of the environment factors in. The uh, commentary sometimes plays a part. Right. And I think ultimately the overall enjoyment of the show and maybe its impact, how important the show was. Because it's possible to have a really good show that doesn't matter at all. Right. Or just like the matches are really good. Well, there's plenty of those. There are plenty of those. Oh, boy, there is. So with that said, everyone's voted. Mm -hmm. Two names are coming out. The first thing we have to do, though, is go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. And welcome to WrestleMania 3! We are here in the Superdome without a doubt. Now it's time to feel the heat! Put that cigarette out. Spent a lot of money. It is the Royal 
rounds of WWF pay-per-views. People spend a lot of money on these. Spend a lot of money on these pay-per-views, Quinn. (laughs) Put that cigarette out. Well, this is week number one, Quinn. This means there's nothing on the slate, like we said. Right. The first name will be coming out shortly. We've kind of talked about the importance of pay-per-views. They're the big moneymaker for the company. People look Everything's forward to them. centered around this. It's, right. This is the reason the weekly programming existed. Every month, there's something yep. big happening. Or every quarter. Every, every quarter back <laughs> yeah. then. Once they moved the business away from mainly house show revenue into pay-per-view revenue, these really began to matter. And they matter to the fans that grew up watching this stuff, too. So it'll be a fun time ranking these things. I'm ready if you are, Quinn. Let's do it. Let's all find out which pay-per-view drew. Number one. It's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania. The ultimate challenge, WrestleMania 6. The ultimate challenge. Uh, we love this pay-per-view. Oh, we, we've yeah. talked a lot about it. Yeah, um, we have a review of Elm on the archives. On yeah, Patreon. you can check the archives on archives.org. <laughs> not that site. Yeah. Don't go there. Don't try that. It's not, it's not there. But uh, WrestleMania 6... A sentimental favorite of many, many people, and I'm sure that's why it made this list. Oh, yeah. Voted in by the fans. Uh, just to clarify, if you're new, Quinn and I don't vote. We no. just rank. Mm-hmm. You guys voted. And this this card has like 73 matches on it. It does. Um, and it's like three hours and 40 minutes it's or something. Long, it's man. long, And you know what? It doesn't feel long, It though. doesn't feel long. That's what she said. I think that's really what's so interesting about it to I me. Agree. I agree with you. So WrestleMania 6 is April 1st, 1990, Skydome. The first WrestleMania to be held outside the U.S. Everyone mm-hmm. pretty much knows that. International. Yeah. You know, it's like International. Just literally like a couple of miles from the border. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I hate when they would do that. Well, it is a different nation, yeah. though, to be yeah. fair. And there were 60-something thousand people there. It's a nice big crowd at the brand new Sky Dome, which had just opened in 1989, is now the Rogers Center. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Want to start backwards from the main event? Sure. Okay, so the main event, the main draw of WrestleMania six. The build for this in earnest began at Royal Rumble 1990. Right. There was an encounter. There was an encounter between Hulk Hogan, the world champion, and the ultimate warrior, the Intercontinental champion. And randomly ran into each other due to the only foes provision of the Royal Rumble. Did anyone tell Hogan that, by the way? Yeah, he never thinks that. (laughs) He never seems to remember that it's only foes. He was saying that on that thing we reviewed Uh, recently. It's like, everyone's got to be Hulk Hogan's friend. Like, it's like, (laughs) fuck you. You know what I mean. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it does come down to a point where it's just the two of them in the ring. They're not the last two, but there's just a break in the action where it's only the two of them. in between one of those two minutes and everyone's eliminated. It's just them. Look at this! Look at this! My God! Hulk Hogan and the Warrior! The crowd in Orlando goes wild for this. They basically say that this is what we want the main event to be. Yeah. And the like, WWF didn't need to do anything else. They, they just they, they really they, didn't. The crowd was like, yeah, <laughs> right. like, duh. Like, <laughs> we want to see Hulk Hogan fight Ultimate Warrior. Right. So that's what they did. And they built to it very quickly, you know, just throughout the, the winter heading into WrestleMania with Hogan and Warrior kind of saving each other, but then everyone would get all testy about it. Yeah, Earthquake and the Brown. The brown, brown. Right. Yeah, and th- there's a lot of... Everyone knows all the things. Yes. Um, I think the draw here, for me personally, always has been the double title thing that, that both of them are on the line. Champion That's versus champion. That's something that no pay-per-view had had. No. You know? No, literally, they never did that before. That, that was... Very attractive over just like a standard like match yes. for the WF title or whatever. Totally agree with you. You know, title for title on the line. The Ultimate Warrior on television, undefeated except for that one loss to Rick Rude. 
right. at five. Mm-hmm. And Hulk Hogan very rarely defeated, obviously, the, the controversial thing with Andre. Yeah. February of 88. Million dollar man and everything. Hundred dollar yeah. bills falling out, you right. know, all that stuff. So the main event, that is a tremendous main event. We've talked about this before on paper. I mean, what a great main event. That's a right? draw. That's, That's a something draw. something people will actually pay for. And both guys are faces, too. Both mm-hmm. guys are fan favorites. True. You get kind of a little bit of a newer generation with the Warrior fans. Yeah. But Hulkamania is still very much running wild. Hulkamania is running it. Absolutely. It's running the show. But on the undercard, Quinn, let's just run down the matches in order now sure. from the opener. Well, the dark match, if you care, Paul Roma defeated the brawler. Nobody saw that. I, you know, should we have a rule that that should not factor, factor in, in dark matches? <laughs> no. It's like nobody saw that. <laughs> let's be honest. No, no one saw that. So we'll just talk about the match real quick as we go. So Rick Martel defeated Coco in the opener, which is a nice little quick opener. I love that opener. Me too. Because first of all, Martel's music is like blaring through the arena. Oh, I love and it's that. very good. And his hair is really good. Mm-hmm. Coco fighting with a nice bridge. Yes. All that stuff. So this actually, you know, it's interesting. This match sets the pace for the commentary, which is another draw on this show. That is, Quinn, because Jesse and Gorilla doing their last pay-per-view together, by the way, mm-hmm. are the most fun, I think, with each other that They're they've ever stellar. been. They really this are. Is, this is like one of their best performances together. It, it is, Quinn. They're having so much fun, but they're still being serious when mm-hmm. they need to. They're not bitchy with each other like uh, Survivor Series 89. There's so many like memorable things that they say. Robert Goulet reminded me a little of Axel Rose. Axel Rose? Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with Axel Rose, yeah. From Guns N' Roses. Oh, Guns N' Roses. Okay, that Axel. Spent a lot of monies on this. Right, like, mustard on their lapels. Mustard on the lapels. All that stuff with Jesse talking about Dusty Rhodes and all mm-hmm. that. It's such a fun Has, time. Hasn't she ever heard of Slim Fast or whatever that <laughs> stuff is? You're going to get that on CD, right, yeah, Gorilla? Yeah, yeah CD. <laughs> like you know, Terry, Tyrell, and Jade. Yeah, I don't know anyone. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Anyway, so Coco uh, loses to Rick Martel. Nice little opener. And then we get a biggie right off the bat here. Match number two, Demolition going for the three-peat. The they, three-peat. The three-peat. They have lost the titles to the Colossus. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I, that's what, I didn't stutter, Jess. Yeah. So Andre and Haku are the tag champions. Andre, obviously, mm-hmm. in much deteriorated, deteriorated health here, barely does anything in the match. But he puts on a moment he in does. the end. He, you know, even in, this, was, this is Andre's send-off, if it, you will. Yes, it was. Um, and I feel even hurt Andre did what he needed to do here, and it got a huge pop when he turned on Bobby the Brain. Yeah, because Bobby, after the match, obviously Demolition wins. We'll get to that in a sec. But after the match, Bobby gets all up in Andre's face. I'm the fucking boss. I'm the fucking boss. He paintbrushed him, Jess, yeah, you know? Yeah. And Andre gets to remember, my cart. <laughs> yeah, and then Andre kicks everyone off the cart, and then he goes, and he finally gets to wave on the cart, and everyone's cheering for him and not throwing garbage at him. It is like a it's, perfect circle from WrestleMania 3. It, it does. It's like cyclical. And that's another thing to break here. The carts, they brought the carts back. Yes. Because How good are they? This is the... Is there only two overall WrestleManias that use the carts? Yeah, three and six. Because they didn't bring them back at eight, where it would no. be the only other usage for them. Yeah, that would have been cool, actually. Yeah. But the carts add to the ambiance, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. But let's talk about Demolition, Quinn. You and I have often said this is like the height of Demolition. Uh-huh. Their entrance on the carts. Oh, it's very good. They're like doing the, the both hands up. It's excellent. And then when they win the pop for that yeah. victory. Over for the cover! It's over! Uh, and then relative newcomer Earthquake defeats Hercules, who was still uh, punching around there in the uh, mid '90s. Yep, and Gorilla bitches that. Oh, he sent a million people to the hospital. That's right. or Whatever. Twenty nine men or something yeah. like that. 
And Earthquake we love. We've uh-huh. really developed a real affection but for Earthquake. But he's heel here. He's, he's a still heel here. slightly Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really say it, even though he's in Canada. This is like when they should call him Ur- Canadian Earthquake. I guess maybe he's just domestic Earthquake here, yeah. Quinn. It's a nice little match. Quick. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. And then Brutus the Barber Beefcake. What are you doing? Yep, we go into that with so, Sean Mooney and everything. Yeah. So Perfect and Beefcake have been feuding since uh, Rumble 90 when Beefcake was facing the genius. And then I hate this feud. It's, it's, it's dumpy. It's dumpy. It is. I feel like this is more leftovers from when Hogan. Perfect got mad and like broke the WF belt on certain nights main event. It's exactly yeah. what it is. But then they just like Hogan's like, I got to do something else, brother. And you handle like, it, Brutus. Yeah. Okay, Hulk. You yeah, know? I'll do it. <laughs> you want me to kiss your ass too? <laughs> I'll, I'll take your cocaine for you. Anyway, uh, Mr. Perfect was billed as undefeated. He wasn't, right. but you know. Let's pretend that he was. I feel like they always say he's undefeated and he never is. <laughs> like, I don't know how they pull that off. There's so many times where they right? just keep acting like it. Right. <laughs> but he definitely wasn't. Yeah. But for the sake of their canon, he was. And Brutus Beefcake with the upset win. Right. After the slingshot to the post. Great pop for that. Matches whatever. It's Mr. Perfect on paper. Honestly, here, so, yeah. you know, at this point in time, with how Brutus Beefcake was still considered like... He was like a Duggan or Hogan style, like mid, like he was somewhere in between Duggan and Hogan. He's right? upper mid. Yeah, he's upper mid, right? Yes. It felt logical that Brutus Beefcake would finally end this. He's like sure. one of the kind of mid carters that could do that. Sure, right? and especially if they were going to build him to the IC title. Right, exactly. So this kind of felt natural to me. Yeah, I had no problem with that. Mm-hmm. The next thing I had a problem with, the match is absolutely horrible. Bad News Brown versus Roddy Piper. They or just, the Hot Scott. Yeah, the Hot <laughs> Rod or the Hot Scott. They just roll the fuck around. It is terrible. See, you know what upsets terrible. me about this match? It's the only real disappointing match on this card to me. Well, because I got another. I like... The idea of Bad News Brown oh, and yeah. Roddy Piper, two brawlers going at it. And yep. I really wish they kind of leveraged more than fighting around the arena because they had all this space that could have gone all up the aisle and shit. You're right. It's very underwhelming, very disappointing, right? Yeah. I Why couldn't ex- they make it no count out or, or something to kind of say, like, these are brawlers, right? right? You know, like, sweeten the pot a little bit. Yeah, right? that's all. Just not just a regular match. Yeah, like, that's it, all it was. Yeah, they should have made a, they should have made like no disqualification, no count out, or, right? You know, which they could do back then still. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. But hey, they didn't. It's, it's not very good. Special no-holds-barred match yeah, or no something. Holds barred yeah, no-holds-barred match. Texas death match, maybe. Yeah, that's something all they like got to do. Would have been fine. Uh, double count on that one. The Hart Foundation make a very quick cameo to defeat the Bolsheviks. Yeah. <laughs> extremely quickly. Brett does the count into the camera. You know, we're going to win the tag titles again from the demolition. Right, so they're already, like, hyping demolition versus Hart Foundation. Which is cool, point. man. Yeah. Good stuff. Then, an underrated Excellent. little... <laughs> Excellent. Want to talk about it? Go ahead. The Barbarian, uh, newly acquired by Bobby the Brain. And you know what Bobby had to do to get Barbarian? Spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money. Yes, Barbarian against Tito. Yeah. Why is this so good, Quinn? Can you try to explain it? So, first of all, it's the perfect length. It's like four minutes or something, right? It's it's exactly my kind of match. Like it's a little bit back and forth, and then Tito starts landing his shit, and you think it's over, right? Mm-hmm. But then the barbarian suddenly comes back, and he hits this clothesline that just looks fucking beautiful from like the second rope. And Tito does like a spinny spin when he gets hit by it. It's great. It's great. And like the whole package is like amazing. Like it just kind of says like, okay, the barbarian's like a legit guy, but it also doesn't really make Tito look that shitty. Yeah, if you like, recall, the match is competitive. Yeah. yeah. Tito almost wins. He gets a flying forearm and Barbarian gets a foot on the ropes. Yeah, it's kind of like the guy who gets the last 
most impactful move wins. And that's one of your favorite ways to finish a match, isn't right, it? Yeah. Just like the, there it is, got yeah, it, get he, out of he here. He got him and pin him one, two, three, yep. because that's how it would work in real life. No but, drama or anything. Yeah, it's, just, it's just, per, it's like a perfect little. It mm. is. It's a snack. It's yeah. like a nice little snack, that match. Gets me ready for this next match here. This next match, I've seen ridiculed by people. I've seen like, how dare they I don't know why. do this to the Macho Man? How dare they do this to Dusty? Let me tell you something. This feud. Dusty and Sapphire, it's so good. <laughs> Savage and Sherry, is so much fun. Yes. Is it match? Is it match? No. Who cares? I don't think that's really what they're going for. Of here. course not. This is this is to sell out the house shows across the nation. That's what this really is because it's a house show feud, right? Because there does seem to be an appetite to first of all, well, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, there seems to be an appetite to see Queen, Queen Sherry always get her comeuppance every night of the week. She's right? one of those characters that you can never get tired of that, right? Yeah, the, of the idea, way she sells it. The idea, and, and I love, I love the idea of Sapphire being the common woman. I love it. And, and Sherry, this overdressed, like whatever she is, and then always get punched out, knocked out, her yep. hair all fucked up. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it, it's a very easy sell and comfort food yep. thing, right? And then you got Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes, who are two stars in their own right. Absolutely. I just kind of like their involvement in this. It's perfect. It's like, on one hand, you're like, this is a serious feud. On the other hand, there's, there's all this nonsense It's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the Brother Love show at Royal Rumble 90 was the perfect build for this, where Brother Love had uh, Sapphire and Sherry, mm-hmm. where Brother Love's all smarmy and sucking up to Sister Queen. Right. And Sherry's just insulting the shit out of Sapphire, like, mean, right? Like, Not really mean shit. Being mean. And finally, Sapphire's like, you know, I've had enough of you, and everyone's like, fuck It's like yeah. a massive pop. Yes. And then, and then on top of it, just a sweet the pot in this WrestleMania thing, yep, right, is that Dusty Rhodes is like, we got the crown jewel, the crown jewel, and you know, maybe some kids were not. They're like, what does he mean? You Sean know, they, Mooney's like crown jewel. Everyone, you're supposed to be all confused, right? And Miss Elizabeth comes back, and then yep. that Randy Savage is like, what? Like, he like <laughs> flips the fuck out. Sherry, of course, starts like jumping up on the second rope and it's like no tearing like, her hair yeah, out you yeah. know it's just they they are lovely their reaction to this and then miss elizabeth gets to do the snaps the to old the dusty music. wedding snap and clap you it, know it, it's a fantastic little thing i love it and this is where gorilla and jess are hysterical this whole oh match. my god they're they're jesse is all upset wait a minute roads touch sherry first right yeah, because all right, on. then anything he gets, he deserves. Oh. He started it. Well, why not let them all get in there, all four of them at once? Wait then. a minute, Monsoon. Oh. Well, Rhodes condoning, started it. You're condoning everything. Certainly, because Rhodes started it. Look out! Every Rhodes touched Sherry first. And, all and, that, and Liz gets to finally like do an offensive move to Sister Queen. Far more active. Yeah, everything about this is fun. Right. And the, the right people win. Dusty. Not to mention, you get the Rona Barrett shit before. It. Thank you, Rona. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Dusty and Sapphire win as they should. The faces go over. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. The next match is the other disappointing one for me, Quinn. Right. This is the original <laughs> Orient Express, which is uh, Sato and Tanaka. Sato. He stinks. Shinja, if you're yeah, not, Shinja. if you don't, and probably people don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with Hakushi. Yeah. Um, they take on the hungover rockers. Right. Shawn so Michaels and Marty Jannetty. This is the issue. Okay. Shawn Michaels is like hungover, but he's workable, right? You can Kinda, tell, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's like, he's like his normal sort of self. 
Yes. Probably not his best, but still, like... He's okay. Nobody could really tell the difference. Marty is, like, falling a fucking sleep out there and <laughs> yeah. shit. It's horrible. He's bad out there. Yeah. The, the best one is Pat Tanaka. Right. He's, like, he's the star of this match, they and that's do not a, saying much. They do a thing, you can tell, where Shawn Michaels starts kind of taking over. Yeah. Right? It was like... It, Shawn and Tanaka carry this. Yeah, they just kind of... <laughs> Shawn's like, okay, I'll just suck it up, whatever. Yeah. I'm a little hungover, too, but I can still handle myself. Right. Marty's not even present, <laughs> yeah. and Sato's 100 years old, so... <laughs> So this is dump. I mean, when you think Orient Express rockers, most people think of their later match. The with, other one. Yeah, with Paul yeah. Diamond uh, at Rumble. But this is crummy. Uh, it ends by count out when the Marty gets the cocaine in his right, eyes. cocaine eyes, which is, it, it really sums it all up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And walking around outside with whiteness, you know, white powder in his eyes. There you go, go ahead. Uh, the next match was Duggan taking on Bravo and kind of a time killer. No offense, I love this because Duggan just hits Dino Bravo with the thing. Oh no, it's funny with uh, the 2 by 4 fuck this shit. This is funny. Like, to me, this is like, this is exactly what I want faces to do to, with Dino Bravo. Blatantly <laughs> cheat because he's so annoying at this point. He is. No, like, it's like big just, crony with Earthquake. He's such a crony that no one feels bad for him. No, like, and he's Doug in his hit, home country. Yeah, when Duggan just hits him with a fucking two by four in right. the back and pins him, everyone's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, we don't care. Good. That's true. And this gives us the memorable uh, bit about Gorilla bitching about Earthquake and the yep. manager's license. Also how it's not a foreign object or something. Thing. That's Steve Alamater, yeah. yes. But it, again, one of those short, quick matches, no problem there. The next one is also disappointing, Quinn. This seemed like it would be like one of the top matches on the card. Yes, it really did. DiBiase versus Virgil for, I guess, the quote-unquote vacant million-dollar title because, remember, uh, yeah. Jake Roberts took it. I never thought that it was really vacant. Me neither. Me neither. But anyway, so there seems to be, like, this is kind of a year build if you think about it because there's... The first part is where the million dollar title with the cape and the vampire and all that happens. <laughs> I'm here! Right. So finally, DBS has got this million dollar title. It's been kind of going on for a while, right? And they've yep. kind of been for a while saying like, oh, it's never on the line. Yes. Right? And that's that's what's been angering the fans. Is and, that they want Gorilla. To, yeah, they want to see him put the belt on the line, right? So finally, Jake forces the issue by just taking it and saying, you want it back? Come you got to beat me. Essentially forcing his hand and saying a, that it's on the line, basically. Yep, basically. Right? But they do a great job building it. Mm -hmm. They really do. And then we get to this, and it's pretty underwhelming. It's kind of boring. Oh, okay, so I want to say this. First of all, the entrances are really good. Entrances are great. The Jake's entrances are great, and then all of a sudden, it becomes the wave match. Well, it becomes a wave match in a headlock or a rest hold of some kind. I don't know why. I will say the Avarice promo by Jake is fantastic. So yeah, everything in and around yeah. the match is good. But I will say, from the bell ringing for the beginning to the bell ending are hideous. However, <laughs> once the bell rings, all the shit that happens afterwards is fantastic. Yes, with Virgil and yes, everything like that. all of that. Yeah, the DDT. All the post-match stuff is great. The pre and post, just the match. They went out and had a fucking house show match. Right. A sit-around-do-nothing yeah. match. But then, the thing is, they deliver on all the other parts. Every which other is aspect wild. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, underwhelming in the ring, though. Then the big boss man quickly defeated Akeem. In a match that I felt like Wow, there was a whole like year of this again. Yeah. The twin towers are going to fight each other, right? Yep. It just—it's nothing. It's like nothing. Big Boss Man beats him in two seconds. Yeah, which rightfully so. Boss Man should win, but still, it's yeah, but very can, brief. His tag partner can't give him a little more no. trouble. No, no trouble. Yeah. I guess not. Then, right before the main event, Steve Allen joins the booth. 
right? As Rick Rude, who now, Quinn, let's note this, please, has the slick hair. Can you explain the importance? Yes. So the importance is, is now that he's more serious, right? Yes. I always thought, okay, I will say this. He went from looking douchey to actually <laughs> looking like kind of impressive. Yeah. I don't know why the slick hair made him more, look more muscular or yeah, something. Because you, you know what I mean? Like, so all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's a big dude. Like, he's going to fucking kick this guy's ass, he right? He looks legit. Whereas yeah. with the puffy hair, he looks like a joke. Right. Not exactly. a joke joke, but he just looks silly. And he takes out Jimmy Snuka, who, you know, yeah. still had some name cred by this he point. Did. Right? He did. So, and he just kicks his ass. Like, it, <laughs> quickly. Like, quickly. And you're like, oh, I guess Rick Rude's <laughs> now like, he doesn't even like, the thing that's different about this for most Rick Rude matches yep. is that he doesn't struggle with them. He just mm-hmm. kicks his ass and wins against, like, not a jobber. Right. No, you, you know Snuka what I mean? still got cred. You're right about exactly. that. That's why I always thought this was interesting. And you could tell that this is kind of setting up. They want him to be positioned for SummerSlam. Absolutely. They want him to be a main eventer. Right. And speaking of main events, we got the ultimate challenge here. We've said a lot about this match in various places. We've done it when it came to WrestleMania main events. We did a whole review on WrestleMania 6. So without rehashing too much, the entrances are awesome because both guys run out. Right. Well, Hogan stomps out, you know, Mm -hmm. and Warrior runs out. Warrior looks fantastic here. Right. The hair, Mm -hmm. the attire, the IC belt. Hogan still looks awesome. Right. The crowd is really ready for this. The match is good. The match is good. Gorilla and Jess, no joking in this one, really. Mm -hmm. Very, like, straightforward. Jesse with that great voice for the big fight feel. Right. You know, when he turns off the jokes and he's just, it's awesome. And it's a back and forth match. It's not a classic in terms of, you know, exchanges of holds. For Hogan, it's it's top, at this time period, it's top tier. It's one of Hogan's best pay-per-view matches, and it is one of Warrior's best. He has, the Ultimate Warrior has several very good pay-per-view matches. Has a five-star match well, from, from you, yes. SummerSlam 1989. Check a, it out, five stars. I think his WrestleMania 7 ordeal is five stars as well. I agree. The whole thing. But I think I think we, we gave both those matches five stars. The angle, at least, I might have. But anyway... This was the passing of the torch. You know, Hogan was the champion despite the savage reign and all that. He was still the guy for six years at this point. This was the first time they were truly going to pass it to somebody. And it was the ultimate warrior. And he wins clean. Look out the big splash. One, two. And the celebration and the post-match and the passing of the belt, you know, the symbolic passing of the torch. It's really well done. It's a great moment, especially if you like the war. If you like Hogan, then Mm -hmm. you're probably devastated. But if you like the warrior, (laughs) like a young Tony leg day, then this is the greatest day of your life, right? Right. So that's the matches. And this one was a very detailed description because we just know this event inside and out, right? Right. But there's some intangibles in this one, such as, because it's a WrestleMania, there's some celebrities we talked about Rona Barrett with the little Elizabeth thing. We talked about Steve Allen, who's also very funny with the Bolsheviks in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And also the Rhythm and Blues thing. Fantastic. It's it's all very good. We mentioned the commentary. commentary, Some of the promos, the Colostomy Connection, all that stuff. This it, show's got it all. It really does. Top to bottom, this is one of my favorite WWF pay-per-views of all time. Now, Quinn, we know we're not just ranking our favorite. This is scientific. Well, okay. So then who's next? We're going to have to find out who's next. Let's do it. Let's find out who drew number two. And then nuptials turn to napalm. Nuptials turn to napalm, Quinn. Aha. SummerSlam 91. SummerSlam 91. Now, a Uh, lot of people like this show a lot. Um, I think more than you and I might. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. And listen, I'm not saying it's bad. It's I just, great. It's one of those shows. I won't say it's like over. Maybe it is a little overinflated. I, maybe we need to walk through the card again we'll and really to understand. Um, but it, it is. It's great, Quinn. Listen, I'm not saying it's bad. It's, it's definitely one of my top. It's in my top 10. Let's put it that way. Pay-per-views? Yeah. Okay, so it would fit into your ranking anyway. Yeah. So SummerSlam 91, August 26th, 91 at MSG. It came home. It had first been there in 1988. MSG is a great arena, obviously, for the WWF. Now, is this the one where the heat returned? No, it had already returned at 90. This is where the nuptials turned to Napalm. Right, okay. Remember? There was no heat returning at all. No, like, it's there before it, this, before the nuptials. No, the heat's there. They don't. Just, okay. They're not acknowledging the heat. Okay, you know I see. But it is there. Don't worry. So the big uh, main events, plural, here are two things: the match made in hell, right? Which, yeah, if you watch it, it sure is. It's um, <laughs> Hulk Hogan uh, again. The face team, great. Hulk Hogan teaming with the Ultimate Warrior. Now, for the first time on pay per view, so that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. And I guess, Quinn, the first two SummerSlams, 88 and 89, were both headlined by Hulk Hogan-related tag attraction matches. Mm-hmm. Right, Hogan I mean, and Savage? I mean, this is definitely in the, the vein of yeah. Hogan beefcake, right. you know, Hogan, that kind of thing. Hogan Savage taking on the Mega Bucks. So the only made, one they didn't do that was with Hogan Earthquake at SummerSlam Because they did a double main event. Yeah. But the problem here is not the Hogan and Warrior team. The problem is who they're facing. So... Sergeant Slaughter still running with the Iraqi sympathizer gimmick. It was a little far past its expiration date. He already should have turned face, if you ask me. Like, I agree he, with you. Like it's like this shit was bullshit. I got you know tricked or whatever. Well, like, first, whatever he said, I don't know. Like it was a little leery doing it at WrestleMania because the war was already over. But they had to like stick with it. This is way after it's over. Way after they're still going with this, right? Mm-hmm. So. We've just got, they seem like generic boilerplate yeah, heels at this point. Like right. they're not anything. They're not relevant anymore. Not at all. And it doesn't help that it's the Iron Sheik not trying. And General Adon's like fifty five or some shit mm-hmm. wrestling in his shirt. It just it's really a poor match. Yes, it is. It's not a good wrestling match. No, it's not. There's no. The heat might leave for this match because there's no heat. I will say, you say it's poor, but yes! it's also the, the thing, though, Joe. It's a Coliseum video main event, Yes, Quinn. exactly. It still meets the minimum requirement of like, oh, yeah. oh you know, the heels, it's goofy and stupid. And yes. the heels lose and the faces win. And like, it doesn't, like I said, it's it's just, it's very, I think boilerplate is very, the best. Like, it's just, you get what you think you're going to get. Very <laughs> generic. Yeah. In fact, out of the three Hogan tag matches, right, 88, 89 and this, this is the worst one. Right. You know, anyway, the team of Hogan Warriors is great. And the big draw there, too, is Sid is the ref. And it's like, who's going to, are they going to pay him yeah, off? Yeah, this whole Sid thing. And it's three on two. So it's like, is Sid going to help the faces because they need it? Yeah. You know or is he I mean? going to help the heels because he's an asshole? Right. Yeah. But they just recycled the Jesse Ventura thing from 88. You yeah. know, it's not that great. Anyway, the other main event is Randy Savage and Elizabeth are going to get married. Cool. In New York. And then now there's this guy that Savage knows, Tim or something yeah, there. Tim, and- oh, my best me on Tim. Yeah. And this started, I mean, we, the whole Randy and Liz thing started in 85, this, obviously. This is but- really, you know, the funny part to me about this yeah. is that this is really just tying a loose end from WrestleMania 7. That's all it is. It's like, well. Tying I, the knot. Here's the thing is I think the assumption after they reunite is, well, of course they're going to get married, right? That was yeah. that was 
almost that was almost like the the nudge to the audience. Okay, they're you know like he's going to propose to her. But it, like it's so obvious yes. after that point. Well, because they start hyping it on superstars around June or July. You know mm-hmm. when Roddy is. I think Roddy's on the team still. Oh, but I know Savage. Yeah. I don't know. And then finally they're in the ring. Elizabeth. 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 Will you marry me? So yeah, we're cordially invited to their wedding. Yep. And it's in the state of New York. By the laws of the state of New York. And it's and just a wedding. That's the thing. It's that nothing happens until after the show. Yes, which didn't air on the pay-per-view version. Just right. Coliseum and on primetime in the syndicated. But the funniest part of the wedding is Bobby Heenan. Right. And when we did the review of this, available in the archives, Gorilla and Piper get so pissed with Bobby because he's just constantly making jokes and yeah. all this. Beautiful. The ring bear is really a mention. If Vince was there, it'd be a lot of stop at Bobby Heenan. Stop at Bobby Heenan. It is fun, though. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a fun little event. Whatever. And then the aftermath uh, of the wedding reception. Snake, snake. and Undertaker and all them. <laughs> it and is fun. Elizabeth laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all stupid. It is silly. Uh, but let's run down the card now from the beginning. So the dark match, again, they, these don't matter. But Coco Beware getting a win over Kato. Doesn't affect the rating, Joe. No, not at all. <laughs> not officially in the science. Now we got a dopey six-man to open this year. And I say dopey just because it's very pointless, but it's fine. Yeah. The British Bulldog, mm-hmm. Ricky Steamboat, the Dragon, excuse me, just the Dragon, and the Texas Tornado. This match feels like, look, all these people that work here. Like, <laughs> and you're, you're like we got them. Like, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> they take on Slick's final like stable here of... Power and Glory, who are good. Quinn, are they good? Yes. However, Hogan has already defaced them by this point. <laughs> and Survivor Series. Um, this is, like, surprising that they're still around. They are. They're still Summer there. SummerSlam 91. They're almost the end of their run. Yeah. And the Warlord with his wand. And, of course, the W stands for what? Wand. Yes. So they win in, like, a 10-minute stand. Again, very boilerplate. Very open the show up. Yep. Kind of, like, get everyone in the seats. Yep. Like, that's it. Nothing wrong with it, but no. it's fine. Then the one that I'd say this, obviously, this event is most remembered for, Bret Hart, who has begun his singles push in earnest, finally. He's taken on Mr. Perfect, the perpetual Intercontinental Champion for this time period. Mm-hmm. And this is a great wrestling match, finally, for Mr. Perfect on pay-per-view. It's the best Mr. Perfect match to this point. Yes, it really is. And it takes Bret Hart and Perfect really persevering through injury to pull this off. It's very good. You know, a lot has been said about it. It's right. like a four-ish it, it's star a classic. match. Yeah. It's a classic, yeah. right? It, Kurt is a gentleman. He really did everything he could to put Bret over. Bret has nothing but kind words to say about this match. Mm-hmm. It is Bret's coming out party. Yeah. The worst part of it is coach. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? Okay. So a lot of people might say... This is kind of a one-match card, right? But I don't feel that way about it. I don't either. I, but I think there's some people who might think maybe that's why we think it's overinflated, right? No, no, no. But that's not it. So what's next? So the newly formed natural disasters who are best friends, they love each it's other. very good. They're such a nice team, mm-hmm. but they're heels and they have Jimmy Hart. They defeat the uh, the old stalwarts, the Bushwhackers, because when you need to put someone over, put them against Bushwhackers. They got Andre, though, in the sticks. <laughs> Kramer shirt. Yeah. And he waves the sticks around, but the natural disasters still win. Right. Nice to see Andre one yeah. last time on pay-per-view. Nice to see the new heel team getting a big win. Very good. Virgil, then. And this is one of my favorite things on this, on this show. So Virgil, this has been brewing since Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And even before that, where Virgil finally had enough of DiBiase. Pick it up and all yep, that. Pick it up. 
the, the boots. Yeah. The, <laughs> no, all the these dumb. like all the weird vignettes yep. where like where even are they? Why does DiBiase uh, have a cowboy hat? On? Yeah. Why Why is he at like a ranch or yeah. something? Like what? When did that exist in the DiBiase canon? It just can. Yeah. And then WrestleMania Seven, Virgil wins by DQ. I believe right. it is right. And Piper won't shut up. Yeah, come on, Verge. But it's all coming to a head here because the million dollar title is again on the line. Where Ted DiBiase, who is now with Sherry, which <laughs> this just adds to it. I'm sorry, like this is already a good thing. Well, Sherry adds to everything, Quinn. Right, she and just like, does. This is the first pay per view though that Sherry is now fully converted fully to million converted. dollar man. Yes, and she's got the like new gear and like all yep. this shit. Yep. She gets like really fucking involved in this. She does. Yeah. In fact, they have to restart the match, don't they? Right. So in Sherry fashion, she's doing fucking like karate kicks out there and hitting people with her purse. Like she won't shut the fuck up out there. Yes. And finally, like Hebner is just like, get the fuck out. Like they yeah. just throw her out finally. Like, like enough. Because for years this has been going on with Macho King. Yep. Right. So it's like, wow, okay. Like and yep. then that makes the whole match shine to me because there's this moment where you're like, oh my God, he might lose the million dollars. Like, it right. might finally fucking happen, right? And it does happen. Yeah. And the crowd goes wild. Oh, no, no. 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 Yeah. It is a feel-good moment if there ever was one. Especially on this card at MSG where you've already had Brett win. You know right. what I mean? This is just such another... Ha this is a very happy show. Right. It's one of the reasons I like it so much. And, and then this yeah. is so happy. And then the next thing is even better. So Big Boss Man, the Law and Order in the blue, takes yeah. on the Mountie, the Law and Order in the red. From, from right? Canada. The ca Canadian Law and Order. Yeah. Police moves! And uh, Jimmy Hart, of course, with Mountie. He loves his Mountie. And obviously their stipulation here, Quinn, is that the loser must spend the night in a New York City jail. <laughs> Which, on its side... <laughs> And its face is so dumb. Like yeah, it like, doesn't make any sense. First of all, how does this work? Like, is there like they some kind contract of contract with the, 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 the cops? It's like, can we use your prison for a night? Like, right. how, how does any of this work? Right? You don't even have to think. You don't about have to it, ask right? questions. Nope. It's just that is what it that is. That is what it is. And it's a regular wrestling match, and it's a Jacques Rougeau special. And Bossman's great in '91. We love Jacques Rougeau in mm -hmm. the ring and also on the mic. So boss man wins, right? Just no like, chicanery. Pretty easily. But that's not really the point, right? right. It's he, like the point is the mounting he's going to prison and this is going to be the rest of the show and yep. very funny. So as they're escorting him out, he's already screaming in his high-pitched Jacques Rougeau, Oh, you can't do this to me! Yeah, you know, it's hurting my... Oh, oh. The, the, the cuffs, he's complaining you're about the You're hurting me! You're hurting me! You're hurting me! You're hurting me! Every single thing and they're not even like hurting him like they're just like <laughs> casually like making him like go there they're trying not they're, to they're laugh. actually being nice and yes. they're trying not to laugh yes. mostly but he's just every like even like them just touching him like when they take his fingerprints <laughs> he's selling like that it the hurts that the, 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 like pressing his finger on the thing hurts Yo! yeah finger. you want the finger where's the finger as if he stepped on a tack or something like it's insane and then the mug shot they have to trick him into it they're like you won't take my picture and they're like i heard boss man kicked your butt right what yeah and then on top of all of it they clip back to jimmy hart who's flipping the fuck out like with gene in the interview center it's like that's my mountie oh my god 
oh my god, baby. Call my lawyers, baby, baby. baby. Yeah. Oh my god, baby. I'm out for my lawyers. Yeah. It is just such a classic performance Every by Jacques and everyone. Single person involved. It's great. It's tremendous. Boss man like happily like helped take <laughs> yeah. him out to the jail cart. It's amazing. It's so fun. Yeah. And then again, this is fun. The Legion of Doom gets their big WWF moment here. Yeah. They win the tag titles against the Nasty Boys who had defeated the Hart Foundation yeah. in a street fight, which is really just a standard tag match with no mm-hmm. DQs. It's not that street fighty. Yeah. But it is a great moment because now the Legion of Doom have firmly established themselves as the top tag team yep. in the WWF, and rightfully so. I will say, I think what makes this show so memorable is these three things right in a row. Would you say that? I would. Yeah, Virgil. Well, and, and Brett versus Perfect as right, well. Right, but I'm saying this cements the show because there's yeah. three crazy-ass things right in a row. Yeah. You'll never forget that. That's true, Quinn. Yeah, I mean, the, the Legion of Doom winning. Everything here is feel-good. Yeah. It's but giving then the fans what they want, but then what happens? But then IRS shows up, <laughs> and then everything goes downhill, like, quite literally. Gotta cool the crowd down, I yeah. guess, right? So Yeah, but then the, we even said the main event's bad, and, yeah, like, the, the, the wedding wedding's. is a wedding. It's a wedding. It's like, literally, IRS, the... the <laughs> He like rings the death bell and it's over, uh, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, IRS making his pay-per-view debut here defeats the face version of Greg Valentine. Yeah. It's whatever. Why didn't they put The Undertaker on this show? You know, I don't <laughs> I don't know the just answer so to that. so he could just lurk around at the wedding? I mean, like... Maybe. I mean, it's just stupid, though. Well, I think because wasn't The Undertaker kind of feuding with Warrior... Why couldn't he team up? Why couldn't it, just, it be Warrior always, and like, Jake against Hogan? You got all this I mean, wh- shit going on. Yeah. And there's no Undertaker. Yeah, like his hottest period. He, you know what I mean? Like he's new. <laughs> I don't generally try to fantasy book cards that I really like because they're good. But on paper, Quinn, Hogan and Warrior against Undertaker and Jake Roberts. That would have been awesome. That would have been a great match here. I guess yeah. I figure they didn't need to. Maybe there's just... No one cared about Mustafa no! and all them. Yeah. But anyway... And then we have the main event, which we mentioned. It's yeah. crappy. It's fine, Whatever. but it's, it's nothing yeah, in the wedding. wedding. Everything about this show, though, is very well produced, very quick. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, the- I, I really think the successive three things in the middle, that's literally the, the frosting in the middle. It's so good. Yeah, and when you add the bread thing to that, that's four yeah, really the, good the, things. The, out bread, of it. the bread thing's the bread, like the first layer of bread, like bread right, the, the real substance of the show. Can I say bread heart? Bread, is that okay? bread heart, yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're right about that. I think when you have like four really good things on an eight match card mm-hmm. plus a wedding, it's hard to miss, right? Yeah. Commentary, I will say this. Piper's there, but it's the best he ever is because Brain is there with Gorilla. Everyone is just having a good time. <laughs> Let's not fail to mention Lord Alfred Hayes with Stu Hart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Stu, tell us exactly what you think about your son. It's wonderful. I'm just- Bruce trying to get camera time with his sunglasses. <laughs> Helen looks like she doesn't want to be there. I fucking hate it. When are we, is this over yet? Like, <laughs> but really, Quinn, this is a great little event here. Yeah. I've always liked it. But now we got to talk about which one's better. Uh, WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 6, I think. But <laughs> this is like the easiest ranking ever. But can we talk about why, to be fair? I mean, okay. in my opinion, the main event is better at 6. Yes. Well, okay, there's the main event, <laughs> okay. right? Off but the, the other thing is that as much as SummerSlam 91 has this, like I said, it's it's very good in the middle. It's got shit that really drags it down. Whereas WrestleMania 6 just feels like a straight, consistent line. There's no, like, ups and downs. I get, Yeah, it does. Everything I, feels consistent. I think depends. that's really what, to me, stands out about it. WrestleMania 6 is very consistent and very fun. Yeah. And everything that is stupid and pointless is very short. Mm-hmm. Although, let's, let's be honest here. This depends on what people look for in a pay-per-view. Because if you're looking for, like, match, it's got Brett versus Perfect, yeah. SummerSlam 91. 
And there's no match on that quality that uh, is at WrestleMania six. But Jake the, and DiBiase is supposed to be that, and it ugh, fails. It's horrible. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're talking about bite-sized portions of like really fun things, WrestleMania six does that really well. It's also just the ambiance and the everything. We've always said this. It, it it's like the best worst wrestled show ever, or whatever. You know how we we kind of describe it that way. We don't intentionally mean to, but like no, but like you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's always been that way, where it's the wrestling just doesn't fucking matter on that show. It's all about the overall ambiance and presentation. But I gotta say, SummerSlam '91 has a very big moment with Brett Perfect. Mm-hmm. It does. It also has a very big moment for the Legion of Doom. I mean, I don't really care about it, but it is a big deal. And it has the Virgil thing. Right. But none of that really wound up mattering ultimately. Only the Brett Perfect thing did. I agree. Whereas at WrestleMania 6, you know, you got Warrior winning, which some people don't like. But you've got Demolition winning. You've got an overall performance that it's so close for me, truthfully. But yeah, I think WrestleMania 6 is maybe the better show Overall, yeah, from an entertainment, I don't know. Well, here's hard the for thing me to here's say that thing. with a straight face, though. So, no, here's the thing is we're talking about pay per views, WWF pay per views, yes. So, the whole pay per view has to really, at the end of the day, make a better impression than the whole other pay per view, right? My problem with SummerSlam 1991 is things like Andre the Giant with the sticks, like, I don't care about any of that. My problem is IRS, just why is he just there? Just I know it's a cooldown, but I mean, like. Anytime he shows up on pay-per-view, it's just like, I don't fucking care anymore. And then that cascades into, like, the end just feeling like, is this over yet? You know what it is, Quinn? I think I could give, I would be able to give SummerSlam the nod if it were not for the main event. Well, also, the pacing's broken because you gave us the best shit in the middle. And then, like, literally, I just want to get the fuck out of it. I see IRS. I'm like, are we going yet? Okay. Whereas with WrestleMania 6, they gave you a lot of good stuff, but the main event was still what everyone was waiting for. It's drip, drip, drip on WrestleMania 6. You want to keep going. Yeah. It's 15 matches. Don't feel like 15 matches. It It just keeps going and going and going. Everything's nice and short and, like, compact. It's also the real final showcase of the Golden Era. Yeah. SummerSlam 91 is a good era, too, because everything after WrestleMania 7 and onward, it, they get better again in 91, but I think I'm with you. I yeah. think WrestleMania 6, but I don't want to pretend that it's a blowout here. SummerSlam, it's not a blowout. You know I mean? it's, it's, like I said, it's definitely a top 10 show. It's just, uh, you can't compare to WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 6 is like, it's so well executed that the wrestling doesn't matter, which is really hard to do. I mean, 3 is another one of those shows, except 3 does have that five-star classic, but yeah, right. I agree with you, Quinn. The wrestling matches, if you're just looking for star ratings, then you're going to disagree with us on this pick right. here. You know, I, and I understand that. But in terms of an overall presentation, memorability, it's close. Right. But I'm with you. WrestleMania 6. Mm-hmm. Want to make it official? Sure. All right. So for week number one here for the Royal Rankings of Pay-Per-Views, WWF Pay-Per-Views, number one, WrestleMania 6, and number two, SummerSlam 91. It's a close one. But I, I agree with you, Quinn. That's the right choice. Folks, let us know what you think. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group and let us know why. Let us know why you think that. But Quinn, when we come back, we've got a new review here for the new season. It is a fan request for us to do WWF Monday Night Raw. Ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be doing that right after this. WrestleMania! 
Mania, the greatest sports entertainment extravaganza of all time. Live Sunday afternoon, April 1, on pay-per-view. The ultimate challenge will pit the skills of World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan against those of the Intercontinental champion, the ultimate warrior, champion versus champion, title for title. Don't miss the stars, the spangle, the jingle, and the jangle of WrestleMania. Live Sunday, April 1, at 4 p.m. Eastern. Call your local cable system now and order WrestleMania. SummerSlam! Monday night, August 26th! It's the pay-per-view spectacular of the summer! SummerSlam! Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Starting off a new season, episode 241. How are you doing there, Michael? Hi. Ready to roll here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're reviewing something, folks, and I just want to remind you guys, over on our Facebook group, there is a pinned post or a featured post announcement, whatever they're called these days, where you can give us specific episode review requests. We will take your requests, we will go through them, and we will try to review everything over time, obviously. We're just going to keep mm-hmm. shipping away. The only real rule, if you want it reviewed on the main show here, is it has to be one hour or less. Yes. We only do shows that are that length on um, this main show. Only on the main feed, yes. Now, occasionally, we'll have a live review. That's where we'll do some longer stuff, like Saturday Night's Men event last week. That was right. a request, but that's only every 10 episodes. Exactly. So, so, so don't you, ag- you lose your... You, you've only one out of 10 chance. Correct. So if you want us to review something, you have a higher chance of doing it. If it's one hour or less... Just post it there. Post a YouTube link or whatever it's on, the name of the show, the date, and we will do our best to get to it. Quinn, this one was requested by a great fan of the show, Graham Hannaford. Ah, Graham. Graham. He wanted us to do WWF Monday Night Raw, July 11th, 94. Uh, The significance of that is the world title match on it, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty well-known episode. Quinn, what is Monday Night Raw? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. We we all know what Raw is. We all know it's the hottest thing since Bonanza or whatever they say. (laughs) You know know it's true. They say this. All right. We have watched a lot of Raw. I've watched a lot of Raw. Mm. You've watched a lot of Raw. It's still on. It's still on to this day. That's all you need to know. It's on Mondays. I think it's finally starting to not be their top show, which is interesting to me. Yeah, you might be right about that. The other one's on Fox, so yeah. I don't know how it could not be the bigger show. Network television. I think it's about time, no offense, for Raw to like bec- start to become the B show. I agree. They've been leaving. The- I mean, it's 28 years. I mean, as we've seen throughout wrestling history, most shows, like, they, they, they sunset, right? It's yes. like they, they're the A show for a while, and then they aren't. Superstars, for yeah. example. But Raw here in July of 94, this is around the time where they have more or less officially said, all right, this is our main show. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is only because Superstars was still the main thing for much of 93 until they started to transition that, you right. know. But now Raw's pretty much the main show. And July of 94 is a interesting period, and we will get to why. 
But thank you, Graham, for the suggestion. Without any further ado, Quinn, this WWF Monday Night Raw, July 11th, 1994. At least it's not 1993. That's your mantra lately, thank huh? Thank goodness. With the rumble, with this. So great. <laughs> really great no, stuff. I, I agree with you. 94 is a refreshing change, believe it or not. And we open with Jim Ross narrating a video package for the 123 Kid. All happily. Yeah, he's so good. Oh, 123. <laughs> The one, two, three kid. This incredible superstar had a storybook start to his World Wrestling Federation career. He defeated Razor. He defeated Ted DiBiase. He won the tag titles for a week with Marty Jannetty. And three weeks ago, Quinn, he earned his shot at the world title by defeating Nickel and Dime Volkoff. Wait. Uncle Pennybacks is in the running for the world title. <laughs> is that how that worked? I don't even what. <laughs> that, he's not a contender. He shouldn't be. He, he had just come back, folks, with hair. He's um, hundred years old too, <laughs> and he looks like it. And it's like Ted DiBiase bought him just to make fun of him. That's the gimmick. that's all he did. But that, now they're acting like he's a contender. <laughs> Man, if it's between him and the kid, this is sorry shape. He's Warren. got scent symbols on his boots. Come on, he really does. But tonight. The one, two, three kid takes on the WWF champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. As we see somewhat decent quality pictures of them. Okay. Did you notice that? Yeah. They were high-ish quality. And then we find out at the 1994 Hall of Fame last month in June, Brett Hart said, uh, You know, I could see the torch being passed to Jeff Jarrett. What? And the one, two, three kid. Some of the younger guys, and maybe not such younger guys, but I see Jeff Jarrett. I see the one, two, three kid, I think is one of the greatest wrestlers pound for pound that's ever come across. Brett's tie is very poor. <laughs> it's not good. But anyway, he, he looks mean, dumpy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like they should have somebody dress, you know, Julie or his wife, maybe, or whoever's in charge of the makeup or dressing of these people. They like, should have fixed him up a little. Yeah, more. He, he looks sloppy. Maybe he was doing something and forgot yeah, about this I until the last know. minute. Wasn't he always late for everything? I just feel like you got like a public facing company. They have people that are in charge of making them look good right well, it's to, like they do but to be fair this wasn't supposed to air on television i understand that he just he looks sloppy he looks a little sloppy anyway he did call the kid one of the greatest wrestlers and man sean waltman was in the wwf in 94 he was a great it's wrestler back he was then. among like top five-ish people he's awesome anyway we cut to the classic raw opening yes yeah, snes edition or whatever don't call it snes anyway it's what i think of it as though, the 94 snes game i just say don't call it snes oh sorry snes will always forever be i don't care anyway we're here in Bushkill, Pennsylvania again at the Firmwood. Oh, goody. <laughs> yep, the place where I can see the wall the whole time. Why do we have to be here again? This place sucks. It sucks, Joe. It's so bad. There's things I noticed throughout this that are even more hideous than I originally... This, this place could be a bowling alley. Like, I'm serious. It's not good. It's in the Poconos. Anyway, Jim Ross, ha, welcomes us along with Randy Savage. Because why would he wrestle? Like, that would be good. JR, by the way, is here. Not Vince, because, you know, steroids and all that stuff. Mm. That's why it's JR. This is actually, I think it's... Jerry Jarrett running the place right now? Stop it. This is... Stop it, Michael Quinn. I think this is actually JR's first thing back since being fired in February. (laughs) Okay. And it's just because Vince is... time. (laughs) It's very sad. Anyway, the announcers hype up the WWF title match, and uh, Savage says the pressure is on the kid because he's got everything to gain, Nothing to lose. And I really like the way they're hyping this, Quinn. Yes, it is very good. I like Savage's speech. Yep. Also, he even takes his glasses off momentarily to, like, make it more serious. Yes, which he never does. Even though he's wearing, like, neon or what. Well, it is the 90s. Could they, like, 
like figure out a way for him to wear like a black tuxedo like he was a little more no you know maybe wear a macho man hat but it's darker no. color i don't know like you know him at all do you yeah, think I just, he wanted to do that i just mean it's like it's weird having this guy and like dress like a clown outside you know what i mean oh yeah it's much worse than the guy with a crown on his head He's a dick, though. Randy Savage is supposed to be a face. I don't yeah, know. I know. Babe Ruth. Anyway, the one, two, three kids, fantastic music hits, and he enters to a nice reaction. Upgraded hair, by the way. Upgraded hair, Quinn. Yeah, That's true. Not, it, not the mullet. It helped. It, it's <laughs> more the karate hair. It's, it's the karate area, yes. Yeah. Uh, Howard Finkel will be the ring announcer, of course. And the kid is all serious, all business, if you will. I like how he's selling this. Like no. this, is his, like, this is the only shot he's going to get. This is my one chance, Mr. Hitman, or whatever yeah. the hell he would say. Earl Counterfeit is going to be what? a referee here. What? Shirts. Oh. <laughs> uh, proud Ica Pro. We're still with the shirts, huh? We will never be without it's the like shirts. 20 years ago. I don't now. give a fuck. <laughs> uh, proud Ica Pro Banner. Bruce Banner is on display here. <laughs> Kid has the better hair, like we said. And also, Quinn, he's not doing like the light blue L kid tights anymore. That kid, yeah. yeah, he's doing the black and white attire, which means a lot less lightning, a lot more karate. Next up, Bret Hart's newer theme rips through the Bushkill basement, and the WWF champion enters to a great reaction as well. Because we're going to go on a magic carpet ride, yeah. And listen to this ovation right here. The headman's getting ready to come down that aisle. Let's just stop one second and enjoy the moment, yeah. I like this song, Quinn. I know you do, too. I really do. I just like the other one better. That's I, all. I like this one better. No, some people do. To me, it always makes Brett seem more of a bigger deal. I understand. Because like, it's here's the thing that I think especially makes the first music take him down a little bit. Yeah. Because that's when he was in the tag team. That music I associate with the tag team. Yeah, but it's and also I'm, when I'm just he, like, oh, the, he's just a tag wrestler who's wrestling singles matches. When I hear that music, that's what I think. Well, I, I understand because Marty Jannetty kept the Rockers music, it's so the I, same I understand thing. your point yeah, of view. It's like it's it's just like once they upgrade it, I'm like, oh, he's a singles wrestler now. The only reason I like the original theme more, besides the the sound of it, is um because when he wins at WrestleMania 10, he has that old theme still, and I really like it. Wow! Oh. So it's just sentimental. I just really like the guitar. I do riff too. At the beginning, I do too. Oh, but God. anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. This is a good era for Brett, even though the, it's a dumpy one for the business. Like, Brett is very good in 94. Right. They have this t very talented top-tier athlete, and they, they don't, they can't even, like, it's not that they don't have stuff for him to do. It's that, like, nobody cares. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, Nikolai Volkov is here. Yeah. And what are we doing? Yeah. But anyway, Brett yells, fuck yeah, that's right, as he opens his jacket. I read his lips on that one. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. And as the lights come up, we see Owen and the Anvil, who have decided to wander out. <laughs> this is funny to me, because they're, like, they're immediately, like, fucking Koopa kids, and they, yes! like, they just... Uh, are all annoying outside. <laughs> like big gestures at Brett. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very funny. They hop up on the apron. They're yelling shit just to be dicks. Randy Savage hates it, Quinn. He just w wants to see the match. He's, he's like, like, this better not ruin this shit, yeah. basically. That's essentially what he's saying. He's like, I don't care about this feud. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I yeah. don't want them to ruin it. It's yeah. funny. Timmy White and Jack don't wander out to get them the hell out of there. Owen then makes chicken motions as they fade away down the aisle. And then you hear Owen all hammy. He's a scaredy cat. <laughs> Only Owen. He's a scaredy cat. He's fighting the one, two, three, kid. This actually got a laugh out of me. Yes. Because immediately after Savage like, I think he called him a scary yeah, cat. Like, all serious. Yeah, and, and, and JR tries to, like, that's a stupid line. Yeah. Or what if JR, like, says something about I, I, it? It's I like, who would say something so dumb? I don't know about that. I love yeah. radio. Anyway, back to the ring where Earl holds up the belt, shows it to the 123 kid, and gives it to Howard Finkel. We have a bell, and the crowd is ready. This is a famous match, folks. So we're going to see if we can do it justice here. 
We get a handshake to start. Because faces. You have to. Circle, lock up. As I can see, the ceiling light <laughs> hanging. It's in. true. <sighs> this Bush place, go. this fucking place, Joe. Volcanoes. Yeah. Uh, the kid with an arm drag and Brett with that now iconic reaction to the arm drag where he's kind of like, huh, mm-hmm. which CM Punk just paid tribute to recently, true. last month. Uh, anyway, love it. Back up, Greco-Roman, both guys break. They try again. Brett with an arm ring into a wrist lock. Kid reverses. Brett goes down to the mat. Brett rolls to his back, so the kid clamps on in the arm bar. Brett to his knees, back up, body slam, kip up by the kid. The karate kid. Very karate. Face off, circle, lock up, side headlock by the kid, rolls around into a hammerlock. Savage Quinn, very impressed by these moves. He's like, oh, I want to write them down. So he says that, but I'm pretty sure he knows all of these moves. But there's like, they're like hip tosses and like arm bars. Arm bars. Like, what? Actually, I've never seen Savage do an arm bar. I've seen him do a hip toss. Yeah, oh, definitely a hip toss. Yeah. I never really see him do an arm bar, does he? Does he ever? Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. Like, why does he knows how to do that? Shit sucks. That's why he doesn't do it. <laughs> His go-to rest hold is a headlock. That I know. Yeah, but not an armbar. Anyway, he's usually jumping all on the ropes and shit. He's very yeah. He's, he's very, very all over the place. Movement. Yeah. Movement. Uh, Brett reaches up for a snap mare, gets it, but kid hangs on and rolls through into the hammerlock on the mat. Brett on his knees into a wrist lock. Now back up, shove off the ropes, back up by Brett to send the kid down. Snapmare by Brett into a chin lock. Kid's right back up, off the ropes, shoulder block by Brett. Off the ropes again as Brett dropped in by the kid. Leaf Frog monkey flip by the kid. Brett back up, off the ropes, kid with a kick. Brett catches it, and kid with a spin kick from the other leg. Brett is up now, staggered near the ropes. Spin kick by the kid sends Brett to the floor. Very nice. Great stuff, right? Yeah. Good stuff. We go to break and we come back where the kid is controlling Brett with an arm bar on the mat. And Jar apologizes <laughs> for having a break. We missed nothing. They're in an arm lock. Like, we, we literally missed nothing. And Jar is even like, well, sorry for going to break. Uh, yeah. w- during the break, Brett came back in. The kid led him and then he put him in an arm bar. Yeah. <laughs> like and just sat there. That's all nothing. It is. Rest hold. But I will say, though, JR is doing a great job calling this, which is, is not surprising. Even Macho Man's decent. He is. I don't. I like Macho as a commentator. I think he's good. Uh, Brett's back up, though, arm drive, but kid hangs on to the arm bra. Arm bra. Uh, maybe crushes in here. Yeah. Anyway, Brett rolls over into his knees, but kid just keeps the pressure on. Brett to his feet, shove off, drop down by Brett. Hard knee to the gut by the hitman. Stomp to the groin by Brett now. Meanwhile, some fans are shown, and I can see the light from the glass door <laughs> partially. Like, I can partially see the outside of the building. What, like it's a store? <laughs> it looked like it was snowing out there, and I'm not kidding. In July? <laughs> well, the fact that I can see the light peeking in from outside in an arena from the door from no the less. door on the ground level that says something this place is tiny joe that's very much a vestibule you know like, there's a little this is very much like this like when i said bowling alley it really could be you think there could be a cigarette vending machine just out of camera shot right by that door <laughs> Like it's on the it's on the reverse part, you know. When you walk in <laughs> yeah. and you see you walk, you see the cigarette machine right. There. right. I guarantee you there's a cigarette machine and there. A phone booth, yeah, with the yellow pitches, right? And hey, like the hangy kind where it's like bolted to the yeah, fucking the bel- thing. The bolted kind can't take it. No, absolutely not. Uh, body slam by Brett, nicely done. Followed by a quick leg drop into the corner. European uppercut by Brett, and then another one. Brett with a clean break before laying in another uppercut. One more for fun. Kid goes down. Brett then rams the kid's face into his knee. Kid bails to the ropes. Brett drags him away and lets a hard elbow to the back of the neck. Kicks to the ribs. Now, Quinn, everything here is so crisp. I it's love very it. good. Yeah, it looks real, I'll admit. Right? It, do- it really does. Everything yeah. looks real. Uh, Brett with a big swinging neck breaker and a cover for two. And then he cranks up a reverse chin lock now for a minute or so before sending Kid to the corner and lays in some boots. Randy Savage calls uh, the one, two, three kid the gambler. I don't even. What? I mean, what is he talking about? Is he referring to the gambler? The wrestler? Yes. I hope so. 
What if one, two, three kid in the was the gambler? He might have been the gambler. We just don't. No one knows it. Yeah. Uh, more uppercuts by Brett. Corner whip. Kid goes down hard. Back first in the corner. Awesome bump. Irish whip by Brett. Back elbow was ducked. Kid with a crossbody for a quick two. All sudden, out of nowhere, Brett's back up first though, and a right hand sends a kid back down. Corner whip by Brett. Charge. Kid up and over. Tries the sunset, but Brett blocks it into a rod for two. But again, Brett hard in control. Hard Irish whip. The kid up and over. He is quicker, but he couldn't get him down. Brett hard got him. I love this shit. This is a good very, match. Very good. It yeah. really is. No, it's, it's good. Irish whip by Brett. Crucifix by Kid, but Brett blocks it, falls backwards. Earl with the count. One, two, foot on the ropes. But Earl counts to three anyway? What? Brett's music plays. Three, and wait a minute. Brett, his foot's on the rope. The one, two, three, Kid. They're right in front of us here, ladies and gentlemen. What a shame. Fink announces Brett as the winner, but the hitman tells Earl. Now, wait a sec. Okay. No, oh, I didn't win. I don't like this. Well, like, you, even Savage is like, what the fuck? You know I, why? Because Brett doesn't want the kid to be screwed. He would never want that to happen to anyone, including himself. Yeah, but he also thinks, like, go to win anyway or whatever, right? He just, he you saw. Know, I, I got to win the matches. But he saw the kid's leg was on the ropes. I think he wants to get two wins out of this show. No, I'm just See, Only you would twist it into <laughs> something. Would Sean have done something like this? Don't be like, e- I, no, I Sean won. would have been like, fuck it and left yeah. like any other wrestler. Exactly. Even, Ma- even Macho Man. Like, he'll win that. any way he can and he'll drop a title any way he can except in the ring. Listen, ah! even, even, ah! even Macho Man was on the, on the, uh, I wouldn't do that. I know. <laughs> that's Savage's character. <laughs> yeah. But Brett just feels like, you know, I saw his, his foot was on the rope and I didn't want to win like that. You know, I want to win the right way. I don't know, Quinn. <laughs> Anyway, Timmy White wanders away from the bar, probably, to explain to Earl that, yeah, the kid does have, did have his foot on the ropes. So Earl confers with the Fink, who gets on the mic to announce that, by request of Bret Hart, this match will continue. He can do that? Is he tunny? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it is, can he, though? They're, they're loose and fast with these yeah. rules. You know they're himself? in the fern wood. It no doesn't one cares. Matter. Anyway, we go to break immediately, and we come back to Savage and JR at the table. All happy the match is continuing. <laughs> It'll be great, folks. We're going to see more of this. So we get a double feature to show how right after the match was restarted, the kid tried to sneak a pin on Brett. Thankfully, Brett kicked out a little shit. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Brett shouldn't have continued the You're match. You're right. No, I agree. Fault. You know what? I agree with yeah. you. What the fuck is he doing? I don't. That's stupid. He could have gotten. We always we always sit, call it like we see it. If you win the match, you win the match. Like you can't like do this shit. You're right about that. Even if you're a face. Would Hogan have done that? <laughs> no, no fucking way. He wouldn't give a shit. He would walk away and be like, yeah, brother, I'm I the won. best. <laughs> anyway, back to the ring where Brett has a chin lock on the kid. As JR quotes Fleetwood Mac. In 1994, it's a very relevant comment. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. The 70s? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kid is in trouble, but is able to power himself power himself up a bit as Brett really leans into the chin lock here. Kids to one knee, both feet now, some elbows off the ropes, drop. Brett tries a hip toss, but Kid reverses into a backside for two. Brett's back up first, so diving elbow to sink Kid back down in the mat. Leg dropping and covered by Brett gets two. Kid struggles up, but Brett plans his next move, which is a DDT cover. One, two, kick out by the Kid. He struggles to his feet, but Brett is there to meet him with a body slam. Brett goes to the second rope. Brett's rope on the inside, and the diving elbow doesn't connect. Kid gets the foot up. You know what's interesting here? What? Very rarely after Brett turns face does, does that diving elbow not connect. Yeah, it I, always hits, but it doesn't do dick. It doesn't win. Yeah. Well, against like the Mountie, it did once or something. It's real. Don't, don't bring that up. Dino Bravo. But I like that Brett is playing a very, not subtle heel, 
but he is making the kid the underdog. Oh, yeah. No, that's very much what's going on I here. I love that, you know, because normally Brett is playing the underdog right. when he's wrestling as a face. So I really mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, both guys are in trouble now, but Brett is up first. Hard kick to the ribs. Irish whip. Duck under by the kid. Big spin kick, and both guys are down. By the way, Jared keeps calling Brett just heart, and heart does this or whatever. This this annoys me for reasons that I can't explain. It's just very, it doesn't sound right. You know why it annoys me, I think? Because most people just call him Brett. Right. When they you're going to call him a heart. Because there's other hearts. Right. It's confusing. And not only that, most people just call him Brett. Yeah, literally Owen Hart was here two seconds ago. Right. And Jim Anvil Neidhart. I actually don't, yeah, Neidhart. I actually don't like when he's referred to as just Hart. I don't like it. Don't do it. Now people are going to do it to piss me off. Be heart. Be heart. <laughs> anyway, kid goes to the corner to pull himself up. Brett approaches. So kid nails him with some karate. Hiya. Irish whip by the kid. Huge drop kick in the corner. That looked good. Really good. That flying good. drop yeah, kick yeah. in the corner. That looked good. Brett goes down. The kid heads up top for the moonsault. Now it's a twisting crossbody instead. One, two, kick out oh, by Brett. Damn. Wow. Kid with a power bomb? In 1994, what the fuck is that? Like, he just did a quick one like it's like a cruiserweight match. Yeah, it was a cruiserweight style. Sit out yeah. power bomb. So he heads upstairs and lands a flying leg drop. One, two, no. How? How did that not work? <gasps> it's nice shit, though. This is good, man. Yeah. Brett makes it up near the ropes. Close on by the kid. Sends him outside. Kid's, kid heads all the way up top again. Goes for a somersault dive, but Brett moves. Kid is down and out now. Brett rolls into the ring. Clearly in bad shape. Kid makes it back up, though, and goes back upstairs again and again. This is a somersault dive. That looks stupid. It did. He missed the moonsault there. Very unfortunate. By the way, JR keeps calling these moonsaults. He calls it all. Some of them are like the the flip. It's a forward flip. That's not a moonsault. Yeah, it's not the same. Miss a moonsault. That's why Vince fired Everything he does is a moonsault. Moonsault. Everything he does is moonsault. Anyway, Brett is up. I'm so sorry. Brett is up now and goes for the sharpshooter, but the kid makes the ropes before Brett can turn him over. Brett lets go, lays in a hard uppercut. Brett now sets up a superplex from the second rope. Kid blocks and covers one, two. Brett kicks out. Kid's back up. Big kick, corner whip, charge, but Brett moves. Brett drags kid up to the corner. A bulldog connects. And now Brett goes all the way up top. Why? Just put him in the sharpshooter. Like, he's finished. Like, honestly, Brett is Brett has been at a point in this match at any point where he could just literally put the sharpshooter on so? him. You think so? Like, Kid's been down and out. He could have just grabbed his legs and done it. I think uh, this is a, an intentional setup here. Yeah. He lulls the kid into a false sense of security because Kid makes it up and throws Brett off, right? And mm-hmm. Kid goes back upstairs again, and a drop kick is caught by Brett, who was up on his feet. I there think he set is. a trap yep. there. Mm-hmm. Sharpshooter. And of course, the kid quickly gives up. One, two, three, kid on top. Oh, Brett Hart step back. He blocked the drop kick. He's going to the sharpshooter. He's going to the sharpshooter. He He's got it. He's got the sharpshooter. There's no way he get the rope. And the referee's caught him in the veil. I love this touch because Savage means this. He's seen standing and applauding in the background. Because right. he always... Got to say one thing about Savage that you can't say about Roddy Piper on commentary. A lot of these people, Savage always put over the young talent. That's true. On commentary. Savage always. was very into that. He never once was like, I could do that. Yeah. However he could. <laughs> he could, but he never said it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Jesse Ventura, I could get back in there and beat Hulk Hogan and right, all right. that stuff. Yeah. And Roddy Piper, ah, he's stupid. And yeah. They're all stupid. The, the only thing, and I'll say it in a second here, just... 
Okay. No, yeah. no, no. I well, will. Tell, tell them what they, what he says. So anyway, Brett checks on the kid now as JR also stands up to clap. And they act like this is the greatest match either of them have ever seen. Now, that's a little weird to me only because Savage is standing next to JR. He literally had two better matches than that. Like, very prominent. At least two. You're talking and, about, I'm assuming you're talking about three. WrestleMania yeah. three and WrestleMania seven. Yes. I'd still say probably WrestleMania eight also. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, he, I'm, I'm saying he's had more. He's had at least two better matches than at that. least. And, and WrestleMania yeah. five is very good also. Right. This is a good TV match. Yes, but to be fair, Quinn, how many fucking TV matches are this good? Right. No, no, no. You know it's what not, I mean? It's not to take away from it. It's just saying like, it's not a pay-per-view this, this main event. This is not event. a pay-per-view main event match. No. If they had built it, maybe it could have been, but I don't think yeah. so. But tremendous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brett really, let's give him credit. He really made the kid look credible here. Yes. He really, really made him look that good. That was its best thing that it accomplished. It makes the, it makes the kid seem like, you know, he could go for the world title or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't rate it. We don't do ratings on here, but if I had to, it's, it's four something, four range, you know, four, four and a quarter. It's really it's like good. Right at four. Yeah. That's fair. I though. feel I like mean, it's like not long enough and it's commercial break city. And it's not there's, an epic. There's, there's weird, like there's pacing issues to me where they, they rest hold it a little too much because they're trying to, cause they're working around TV. They're working around, you know, definitely the commercial breaks yes. and stuff. So correct. But anyway, Good stuff overall. A classic for Raw. One of the best Raw matches, obviously, to this yeah, point. Definitely. So anyway, Brett raises the kid's hand as we get promotional consideration, which is paid for by Lex Luger for Ikapro brand HGH. Because 1994. <laughs> yep. Next, Quinn, it's time for our SummerSlam 94 report, hosted by the Todster. And like a grandma shirt. What is what, that? This, this shirt he's got on. He's dressed- it is so upsetting. It's like this denim, but like... Blouse! Bla- it's too big. It's like Jill Taylor's mom. I mean, it could be long enough to be a dress. It's very uh, if big. If we could see how far... You know what I'm saying? If he wasn't cut <laughs> off. Uh, but it looks way too big. Looks like he borrowed it from Jane Leno. Yeah. Anyway, Todd acknowledges uh, the match that we just saw, and he says he's tired from watching it. Then leave, please. <laughs> like When he says that, that was my first thought. <laughs> So this is the first SummerSlam report, so you can file that in your little trivia bank. The first one aired on the July 11th Raw. Right after the kid match. Right after the kid match. Historic. Yes. By the way, this year, Domino's delivers SummerSlam. (sighs) I know you scoff, but that was a huge deal for WWF. Of course it was, because that's actual money in a company that's not making any. Same fucking Stridex, you know what I mean? And shit like that. It's a big sponsorship. Yeah. And it's going to be at the brand new United Center in Chicago on August 29th. Someone's birthday, by the way. Also, his shirt is so distracting. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I know, I know that's your birthday, but the, his shirt, Joe. I, know, I can't, I can't okay. concentrate it's on your okay. birthday. <laughs> and this is the first pay-per-view I ever saw, Yep. for the record. Anyway, the main deal here, of course, is The Undertaker is taking on The Undertaker. Already hyping this horse shit, huh? God, yes. Todd says, that means there's two Undertakers. Yeah, no shit. They just showed the picture. What, what does he think? We're stupid? <laughs> Take the shirt off! <laughs> Horrible! So we now get a promo from Paul Bearer who explains that his Undertaker was persecuted for his actions and his beliefs and all that shit. Through the annals of time, Mr. Ted DiBiase, my Undertaker was persecuted for his actions, for his beliefs. He's in the fog. It's very foggy. Yeah, what is he doing in there? Again, another thing where I can't uh, even listen to what he's saying because I'm like, where is he? Very smoky. You know, the funny part- Don't fear the reefer. Is I turned the volume all the way up and he was so high-pitched that- (laughs) I couldn't understand what he was saying because the high pitchness was like, it, I don't know how he did this, but literally because of the tone of his voice, it was hard to understand what he was saying. Well, it's okay. Yeah. It's just a Paul. It all promo. sounded like was, ah, 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 
Undertaker. Yeah, that's all it sounded like. Basically, the point of this is fuck Ted DiBiase. I endorse yep. that. I'm all, I'm all about that. Back to ringside where we hype up Crush. Karate Crush, the good crush. The best crush. Yep. Yay. Uh, we go to break. We come back where Crush is entering. And Randy Savage calls himself, I'm the uh, Forrest Gump of the WWF. Uh, I don't know. because this, that- Joe, from this point forward, the yeah. commentary descends into some of the worst stuff ever. It's horrible. It really isn't good. It starts to turn into All-American, that episode. Like, oh, the from one, 94? It, the, Everything is annoying. It begins. Like, it gets very bad, Quinn. Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> like everything starts to <laughs> piss me off at this point. I know. Anyway, Fuji waddles out with Crush here, and Jr. says later on we're gonna have a special King's Court. As Cr- Crush's music stinks, it's by the way, it's very sinister. It's dopey. Yeah. And here comes uh, Mr. Fuji leading Kona Crush to the ring, ladies and gentlemen. His opponent is Matt Hardy, Beta Edition here with the short hair. Does it? He does a weird pose, like immediately. He's like, I'm strong. I'm good. Yeah. Crush has very festive red attire, the rare. <laughs> and uh, Jack Doan and the long sleeves are going to be the referee. Boop by Crush, headbutt, corner whip by Crush, up and over. And Hardy is like runs to the opposite corner here. He flips off over Crush's head again. So Crush just nails him with a super kick to end that shit. And then. <sighs> Randy Savage yells goal, and I don't even want to do the impression, but he yells it more than once. Please stop. Can he fucking wrestle? Doesn't he hate Crush? He doesn't even care about that feud anymore. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, he's, he doesn't say a negative word about Not Crush. Not at all. He just yells goal a lot. And I thought he was, like, mocking him or something at first, but then I just realized he was just bored. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I thought he was, like, trying to fuck with Crush, but he wasn't. Even JR gets like legitimately annoyed but tries to be professional. Yeah. Soccer fever here. Goal! I think we need to order a decaf here for the macho man. So we get a big press slam by Crush. Savage yells goal again. It's hideous. It's actually annoying, yes. Crush looking forward to meeting Lex Luger. <laughs> As a part of the uh, WWF uh, Summer Sizzler Tour. Fuji directs some traffic as Jarrah plugs the Summer Sizzler Tour. Uh, Savage yells goal again. Goal! Macho Man! Macho Man! Are you all... Sorry! <laughs> Backbreaker by Crush gets the win. As we got to... <laughs> it, this, this was... When you said kid versus bread is a TV match, this is the type of TV that it's on. That people were used to, yes. at least, yeah. Cut to a promo. Holy for- shit, that was bad, Joe. Savage was so annoying. It had nothing to do with Crush, it was the commentary. Yes, and Savage very rarely annoys me on commentary. Yeah. When, when is the last time I said Crush didn't upset me as Did much you- as anything else going on here? When's the last time you said you liked Crush better than Randy Savage yeah, in something? Yeah, what the fuck? This is a horrible display. It was. Cut to a promo for next week on Raw, featuring Sirius Todd. And it's going to be Lex Luger, who wants to be the WWF champion. But first, he's got to defeat Diesel to become the Intercontinental Champion. A barn burner there. You know what, though? In all seriousness, this match is actually good. I'm not kidding. I'm sure it is. It is. It's very is good. Good Diesel. Yeah, it's a very good match. Next, we see Razor Ramon in the locker room getting ready. Back to ringside, where sure enough, the tires screech as the Raw girls are there. The bad guy saunters out in his purple getup. There's 15 minutes left, which means I fully expect there'd be like 27 jobber matches like somehow squeezed in. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Promotional consideration is paid for by just don't ever fucking eat chips, okay? Eat yeah. Slim Jim. Yeah, Slim Jim. Okay. Beef and spice. And- uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to ringside where Razor's opponent is Barry Horowitz, who's getting all pissy about the Razor chance. Lock up and a shove off by the bad guy. By the way, I want to mention here, referee is Joey Morella. 
uh, who sadly was not alive by the oh, time this aired. Wow. So this was taped. This aired July 11th. Right. This taped July 1st. Joey right passed before he. Yeah. July 4th, he passed right, away. Right, so right. very sad. I Aww. love Joey Morella. I didn't realize that. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think about it with the date. Yeah. He's still on TV for a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, wrist lock by Barry, reversed by Razor into a wrist lock takedown. JR and Savage now kill time by speculating and talking about who the detective for the Undertaker case could possibly be. <sighs> McGruff is one of the names mentioned. This is so poor. This goes on for matches. Yeah. <laughs> like, this goes on for a very long time. It does. This is before they had revealed it was Leslie Nielsen, by the right. way. Uh, shoulder blocks by Razor and more arm. As we can see, the big Fernwood sign back there. Very proud. Horowitz with some punches, but Razor nails him with big rights. Savage says uh, he can knock out Leon Spinks. What? Okay. Uh, anyway, Razor fucks around with Barry for a while before getting poked in the eye Ooh, and back scratched. Razor acting like none of this matters because it doesn't. He literally looks like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. The rare. Like, usually he looks a little casual. Yeah. But he's like... I don't fucking care about this When's match. When's the party afterwards? Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Barry Horowitz doing the big try to be yeah. like a big heel and everything. He's good. <laughs> anyway, Razor with more punches, fall away slam, and a quick small package for the win. Strange. <laughs> I don't even like what even what? He didn't even do his move. He didn't even try. Yeah. He like shrugs about it afterwards. The funny part is that he literally signaled for it. Yeah. And then he said, you know what? Fuck it. And then Savage is like, oh, I guess he wanted to do that. Or it's, <laughs> like, it's just nobody cares. It, it's the Fernwood. No one gives a shit. What an embarrassing display. Yeah. JR now sends us to a special edition of King's Court where ugh, this one, Jerry Lawler is in front of some Venetian blinds. Ugh. And apparently he's in Ted DiBiase's office. This office looks like shit for a millionaire. <laughs> it's clearly like a back room at Titan. You know what I mean? Yes. It's in Titan Tower. It definitely is. Yeah, on like the ground floor. <laughs> Not even on, not even upstairs. Near the warehouse. Yeah. Like, literally, his plush locker room at WrestleMania 4 looked more convincing than this shit. Yeah, this is... This is a dump. Yeah, this there's, is hideous. There's just, yeah. like, one shitty desk with a phone on it, and yeah. that's all. But, it looks like it looks like the place where you put your intern. Yeah! You know? There's, like, shitty wallpaper and there's stuff. There's, like, you know, clearly, like, files that people are just keeping yes. back there. It's bad. Like, they say, don't, doesn't he say palatial office or something like something that? Something like that. And, and I'm like, what? It's terrible. I've had a better office than this. So have I. I'm I gonna, this is horrible. This is better. This loft we're in is better than that. I can't believe it. It's so terrible. They couldn't just, like, why couldn't they just say, like, Vince, we need to film a thing and it's a million dollar man so it needs to look good, so why don't we just go to your office? He would have right? been fine with it. Yes, because he would. Yeah, you're 100% right because he's, like, 100% invested in his product. Proud of his office, too. Right, so he would have been like, yeah, obviously the million dollar man's got to have my office, right? And it's not like Vince is there. Yeah. It's on trial. That would have made so much more sense if they did that. Damn it, Jerry Jerry. Just replace the p pictures of Vince's kids. With DiBiase himself yeah, it with all of them himself yes <laughs> with a hat on and shit and the Maybe cape bam bam big low or something oh, so that's cute because it's like he's so proud of he's got him now <laughs> anyway speaking of shit here uh dibiase has the sparkly windbreaker you know what that means quinn yeah not a good era nope dibiase is on the phone yelling at someone about buying ten thousand shares king loves it ted can we have just a just, just a minute with you? just one second king listen you moron i told you buy ten thousand shares I don't care what it costs. Money's no object. Just do what I told you to do. Anyway, King runs down how good DiBiase is. He bought Nikolai Volkov. Cackle. He bought back The Undertaker. Cackle, cackle. Recently bought Bam Bam Bigelow. Ugh, this shit sucked ass, Joe. <laughs> Horrible. He really took Bigelow's career right down the crapper, yeah, man. Yeah, Bigelow was good up to this point. Took it right down the teal hopper. Yep. Uh, but King has heard, Quinn... 
that DiBiase is now trying to buy Lex Luger. No, fuck no. Fuck no. This bullshit. How do we know he's run into it? <laughs> we can't avoid ah! it. And we didn't. <laughs> it's horrible. I didn't plan on this. Now, DiBiase says he's no longer trying to do that. He's mine. He's bought and paid for. <laughs> and King can't believe it. I can't believe we're going to go through this storyline again. We cannot I, avoid this. It's so bad. 241 episodes plus specials. Still. And we can't avoid this shit. And King says, is there no end to the power of the million dollar man? I'll tell you, there's no end to this fucking storyline. Uh, anyway, DiBiase says Lex Luger hasn't signed a contract, but it's a done deal. This is shitty. Every, <laughs> this is just shitty. Everybody's got a price. You know, the price that we pay is a year of DiBiase as the top heel manager. Uh, anyway, that's all for that. Good. <laughs> Back to ringside with Savage and JR at the table. We get another raw girl for fun here as Savage and JR think DiBiase could be full of shit. He could be right. I honestly don't care. I, I don't. <laughs> Just don't talk about it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, we get a bell and sadly IRS is entering and bitching on the mic. Fuck! Million Dollar Corporation was like a cancer on this company, Joe. It really was. It's yeah. terrible. They're like all over the place. You know, not too long ago, someone, I think it was Peter Koska, who was going through Raw. Yeah. And he got to 94 and he said this on the group. He's like, I cannot believe they pushed IRS for as long as they did. It's horrible. <laughs> Everyone chimed in. They're like, yeah, you're right. He stinks. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And they always... They always, always, always go back to scientific wrestling. Or whatever. And it's just like that. To me, that's code for turn it off. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, that means the guy isn't good when you have to say that. Yeah, they don't have to say it about Kid and Brett. Like, Randy Savage could be a, technically a scientific wrestler, but they don't say that. They don't that. have to say that, yeah. you know? Anyway, IRS's lucky opponent for the night is Ray Hudson, who has an incredible mullet. He looks like he works at Sears, Joe. Like, this guy should not be... He looks like an 84 jobber. Yes, not not a 94 jobber. No. Timmy White is the referee. As Savage references Barney Miller. <sighs> IRS does wrestling holds, Quinn, because he's so technical. Man, this show went downhill, huh? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just waiting for the write-off clothesline to yep. end it. Yes. I'm going to write the show off now. <laughs> you just write it off. Yeah. It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. <laughs> write it off what? Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is. Anyway, JR calls IRS fundamentally sound. That doesn't make him good. <laughs> Stop! Stop! God, 94, this is what I mean. It's like, there's always like, there's good stuff. Yes. But the bad stuff is so bad. Boring, just yeah. no heat, no yeah. intrigue. <laughs> IRS throws Ray to the floor, brings him back in. Mild Irwin chant is JR shoehorns a Russian <sighs> limbaugh reference in. Meanwhile, Savage brings up Elliot Ness. Still with the detective guesses. What the fuck? It's been going on for minutes, months, hours. I don't know. It's just, it feels like forever to me. Now, who played him in the 60s show? Uh, Robert Stack, right? I would have been fine with a Robert Stack appearance, too, with Leslie Nielsen. Maybe. If they had a cameo. I'd like, be fine if they stopped talking about it. On this show, specifically. Just wait until Super... Or Action Zone when they said it was happening. No, there's no action. It's not on yet. No, they said that. It's not Somebody, on yet. They must have said Mania. I. They must have messed up because they, they said... It was, didn't air until October. They didn't mess up. 
You must, uh, are you sure? You must have heard All American or Mania or weren't paying attention because I don't blame you. It's an IRS match. <laughs> I swear somebody no. dro- name drop action. It's zone. not on. <laughs> they wouldn't have said that. But I will say this as a, qu- a quick like Pete Winston style digression here. Elliot Ness obviously also <laughs> was played by Robert Stack in the 1960s version of The Untouchables. He was also in Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries, uh, which would have been a good touch here with him trying to solve the mystery. They were also in airplane together. It's him more and Leslie Nielsen. Than an IRS match, Joe. Kathy. Anyway, yeah. Irish whip by IRS. Close on his duct. Crossbody on Ray gets one. IRS now reads ad copy about close IRS. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Randy Savage reads. Yeah. <laughs> See, this everything's fucked up in this match. It Quinn. stinks. Randy Savage reads ad copy about close encounters of the third kind, but he fucks that up. None of this matters. IRS is an invitation to turn the show off. Like honestly, it really is. It's, a, it's near the end anyway, right? You're not missing anything. It's just no. going to go to IRS and somebody's <laughs> going to be like, I'm going to win and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, you know that's what they're going to do. Totally right, Quinn. So IRS does the old abdominal stretch crap during this. JR and Savage, I shit you not, now bring up baseball and how the WWF Joe, doesn't go on strike. Oh my God. Remember the things I talked about on that All-American? That is like a legendary review that like sums up 1994 to me. Because the, every time we do anything 1994, it always hooks back into it. Well, because they're on a moral high horse here. Yeah. Their owner is on trial. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that makes him guilty. But it's still not a good time to be saying this is not, all I yeah, mean. Yeah, you just don't talk about it. Just don't say anything Yeah, until the case is over. Don't try to act like you're good right? until it's over. Anyway, IRS with some thrilling legwork here as we talk about the weather now. I'm not. <sighs> do they just designate one match per show to talk about the news? I swear they do. Maybe. You know why? Because now Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie are brought up. And then Savage brings up Angela Lansbury. It's all bad. Why is this so long? Ah. Iris of the clothesline, but not the write-off kind. Yeah, just finish this. I don't care if it's the write-off kind. Just get it get it off my screen kind. So <laughs> Elbow Drop gets a one count because ah. IRS picks right up by no! <laughs> Double arm suplex by Irwin into a fucking STF for the win. You know what that stands for? Shut the fuck uh, up yeah, here. Get the fuck off my screen. Anyway, who we even cares at this point iris sweatily celebrates as we go to break all sweaty you didn't even do anything joe <laughs> is he so sweaty i don't know it's very taxing on yeah. him hi we're back to plug next week next week we got lex versus diesel Which sounds decent in the good match for the mm. show you know there's always one good match yeah. <laughs> mabel in action no eyebrows edition or whatever <laughs> that picture of yes. him is Owen Hart will be here also. And then we get some words from Bret Hart backstage. Bret says, you know, the one, two, three kid, he's a great competitor. And I wanted to give him a wrestling lesson, but you know, he might've, might've been the other way around. That's actually very nice of Bret. Like he was, he's basically saying he was fucking good. Yeah, he was good. Great. Bret says that he's lucky to still be the champion. Mm -hmm. Savage now has a question for Bret Quinn. Yeah. Owen wants to win the title. It's not a question. (laughs) He literally says that. Like he just moves. There's no question mark. Oh, I got a question for the hitman. Owen Hart wants to win the world title. And Brett's like, you know, Owen, Owen could be a fluke. Now he's got this Jim Neidhart now. This that doesn't mean anything. Only his tag partner for like a million years. Anyway, they're going to find out the hard way who is the best in the Hart family. Great. Fade to black. Okay. Obviously, there was one and only one good thing here, mm-hmm. but it was really good. Right. Without this Brett kid match, this is dump. Yeah. Anyway, always fun to see, though, the weird non-Vince era of Raw because he's on trial. Clearly, because remember, it's Gorilla before this yeah, and shit. Yeah. They're clearly trying to do their best to be normal, but nothing is normal. 
So anyway, yeah, this started fine with one match, but you know the rest. Great opener, but holy shit, the Million Dollar Corporation like infected the Ugh. rest of this show. Very much captures the spirit of the second half of 1994 yes, to me. That post-WrestleMania 4 era. Where everything starts to get dumpier. 10. Yeah. yeah. Everything gets dumpier. There's still some good things. You said it. Fernwood. But we're in the Fernwood. We're in Bushkill, PA. We've got the smoky pyro because the place is too small to vent it properly. Yep. That era. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't mind reviewing it. I was happy that we finally got to review the, the Brett Kid match. We had never done that. So thank you, Graham Hannaford. It's fine. We're not upset about it or anything. But IRS, yeah. Karate Crush, Randy Savage being insufferable, which is rare on commentary. Detective talk. Oh, just very, horrible. very just horrible. of the times. Yeah. yeah. But folks, what you can do again is give us a specific episode review request. Do that on our Facebook group. One more favor we want to ask you, and it's free. I'm not telling you to donate. What I am saying is, if you have Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if you leave us a review, it helps us. It just does. So could you please do it if you haven't yet? That's all we're saying. It'd be nice. Yep. That would be really nice of you. And obviously, folks, you know the rest. If you want the extra stuff, you can get it on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Join the group. If you have a Facebook, give it a try. You might like the group. And obviously, follow us on Twitter at OVP podcast. But Quinn, that is all. That's it. For this week. Next week, we debut the new Royal Flush. That'll be coming up, and that'll be next Monday, October the 11th. Until that time, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. That was the greatest championship match I have ever seen in my career. Well, thank you. I got to admit that uh, one, two, three kids are great great competitor. He never gives up. I I went in there with the idea that I was going to give him a wrestling lesson, but uh, it might have been a little bit the other way around. He's a great competitor, and I got nothing but respect for him, and he put up a great fight, and I'm really I'm I'm just lucky that I can stand before you and still be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Hitman, incredible match against the 1-2-3 kid, but I want to ask you a question right now about your brother, the Rocket Owen Hart. Goal!